Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode. And is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Wrestling fans, and welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us here on Monday, January 29th, our last episode of January 2018. I am Joe Morata, and last time I checked, this was still Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Uh, howdy doody. Howdy doody. Nice to see you again. Uh, uh, Very rum- fun. Rumble yesterday. I guess we'll reserve comment on that. Yeah, let's not <laughs> Let's not get into that. that. Uh, so anyway, folks, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to start your week off right with us as we romp. It's always a romp. Through the world of retro wrestling, got some good stuff in store for you later on. And of course, we'll be spinning the wheel shortly. But before we get to any of that, I want to remind you that you can reach us on Twitter and follow us at OVP Podcast. You can also email us if you'd like at OVP Podcast at gmail.com. That is OVP Podcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, there's a great place to hang out to talk about the retro wrestling yeah. and to just have fun and not get yelled at. And where is that, Quinn? Well, it's on uh, Facebook.goof, and <laughs> over there, you do a search, right? Yes. A search for I've heard of it. our vantage point-retro wrestling podcast, sure. and over there, you can discuss all the great happenings in retro wrestling, <laughs> yes, the, the happenings. very current retro wrestling, you can make fun of wrestler attire, yes. uh, look at pictures of wrestlers when they were kids, and guess who they were. <laughs> yes, that's true. All sorts of nonsense. All sorts of stuff, folks. It's a very positive place. It's the most positive retro wrestling episodic community <laughs> on the internet. That's right, Quinn. And uh, in addition to that, you can also go to our website, ovppodcast.com, and on there you'll find links to everything we have, which includes a YouTube channel with some video-exclusive content. But we also have a Patreon, Quinn, and there's some really cool stuff that you can get over there. Yep. Exclusive content over on the Patreon, uh, such as uh, commentaries and yes. live reviews. So, what, what's the deal with the commentaries? So, with the commentaries, if you pay two dollars a month, you can get all the commentaries, including an RSS feed where it spits it into your podcatcher every week. Yep, and you can sync up the with the shows we have. We give you a timestamp and mm-hmm. all that, and you can watch the wrestling with us. Yes, it's fun. Uh, most recently, we've done stuff like Bret Hart versus Razor Ramon. Yes, we did Bret Hart versus Diesel from Royal Rumble '95. Mm-hmm. We'll just see what's coming up this Friday. Every single Friday, you get a new commentary, like Quinn mentioned, with an RSS feed. And if you have a WWE Network subscription, we give you the time code, sync it up, and you get to listen along with us. Yep. And if you pay an extra additional dollar mm-hmm. every month, you get the live reviews. That's right. For just $3 a month at patreon.com slash OVP podcast. We also have some merchandise available at teespring.com slash OVP podcast. That is T-E-E spring.com slash OVP podcast. And we just want to get a couple of plugs out of the way real quick. And then we're going to spin a wheel here. We have two podcasts that we're big fans of and big friends of. Yes. And the first one is the wrestling podcast about nothing. That's WPAN. It's hosted by two guys in the business, actually, which is very fresh, unique perspective there. Yes. Indie guys. We got the independent wrestler, the kingpin, Brian Malonis. He's wrestled on ROH, among others. Yep. The king of the pins. Yep. And he is joined by mean Mike Crockett, who is an independent wrestling referee who is currently on an extended hiatus. And they have a great show. They talk about the best and worst moments in wrestling, merchandise, just various topics, and but it's from a very cool perspective of two guys that have actually danced the dance, if yeah, you will. Yeah, and I've heard that that hiatus ended recently, and yes. uh, 
Mike did a bit of a fast count he on the did, King on King. Malonis. There was some controversy. From what I heard, yes. Yeah. So be sure to check them out. That is the wrestling podcast about nothing. And then there is also another one. It's called Greetings from Allentown or GF Allentown. And that's a one-man show, Quinn? Yeah, it's just one lonely little brother named Petey. Petey Winston. He's the little brother of our show. And he hosts a very weird, very good uh, one-man show where he kind of mixes in like the, a review of a wrestling show with personal anecdotes, pop culture references. It's very quirky, fun and different. Yes, it is. And we recommend it. It's uh, Greetings from Allentown. And one last thing, and then we will get to the show. We are hosted on SoundCloud. Right. Maybe you have found us there, and that's great. Thank you very much. Uh, we would appreciate it if you would go to some of our other places where we're uh, available, such as particularly iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Quinn. Yeah. Over there, you can hit the subscribe button, and the podcast will zap into your phone. Yep. You can leave a review. The reviews are very helpful, so please leave a review if you have not. Also, you can get the podcast at Google Play Music, mm-hmm. Stitcher, Blueberry, okay. Whoa. Uh, Auto, and basically anywhere that podcasts live. That's right. Any other podcast retailers out there. Yeah. All right. I think that's everything. So, folks, if you've been following along here for season seven, last season, we did a season-long narrative about the pre-Hulkamania era up until right around the sale of WCW to WWE and following. So after that, Quinn, is there any wrestling left to cover? Uh, no. No, no more wrestling. Not at all. So you know what we did? Well, we did what any good entrepreneurs would do. We started the game show. That's right. It's time for another edition of Pop the Question, where each week we will spin the wheel and it will make a deal. Yes. And uh, we will read one of your questions. And if you have a question you would like to submit to Pop the Question, simply go to our website, ovppodcast.com, and put it onto the suggestion box. Quinn, why don't you give the old wheel a spin there? We'll see what we're doing today. And it is from Alex Rodriguez. A-Rod! <laughs> yeah, A-Rod himself, the baseball player. Yes. Yeah, so one of my favorite shows. Uh, and it says <laughs> this. What happens if Bret Hart is the NWO third man? NWO and all that crap. I mean, I thought it was absolute garbage. Back in 1996, folks, when the NWO was formed in July. Yes, that's um, the new world odor, if you don't know. (laughs) That's the new world odor. Uh, Hawk Hogan was the third man. Uh, He joined... Razor Ramon, Scott Hall, and Diesel, Kevin Nash, mm-hmm. and infamously turned heel on WCW and Randy Savage. And then Larry Zbysko spent the rest of time calling them the New World Odor. New World Odor! Exactly. Yeah. But anyway, there was a rumor at the time that Bret Hart was going to be going to WCW. This is after the Iron Man match against Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Bret had finished up his commitments with Vince shortly thereafter on some foreign tours. I think Kuwait and stuff like that. So Bret was kind of a persona non grata in the WWF. He could have very well gone to WCW. Yeah, he hadn't gotten his 10-year contract yet (laughs) and all that nonsense. 20-year, actually. Sorry, (laughs) 20-year. I'm thinking of Mark Henry. Yes, Mark Henry was a famous 10-year contract. Yeah. Uh, So Bret was a candidate, sure, to join the NWO, and a lot of people have speculated over the years, well, if it wasn't Hogan turning heel, could it have been Sting? Would that have worked? Could it have been Brett? Would that have worked? I think it would have had an impact. Mm -hmm. I don't think it would have done what Hogan did. What do you think, Quinn? I think the NWO wouldn't have been as big as it was. Right. Honestly. I agree. As much as Bret Hart was a name, and I know you might be mad about this, but there's kind of a reason why WWF wasn't as big as it was. I mean, Bret was not... Shawn Michaels, you mean? No, well, it was both, but I mean, like, Brett is not Hulk Hogan. Like, sorry. Uh, He's not. No, you're absolutely right. I don't think there would have been as much caring if Brett turned heel and joined the NWO. I don't know. Like, the only thing I can say 
is yeah. by 1996, by that point in 96, there were two guys besides Hall and Nash because they had just jumped. Right. That were that felt like WWF for life. Mm-hmm. Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Yes. If you want to go the route of, oh, well, it's all WWF guys, and that's like what this storyline is. how huge that would have been. Now, here's the weird thing yeah. with all of that. Go ahead. At the time... I understand that a lot, there were people who were like, this is like the WWF's invading. But honestly, as a kid, if you look back and you think about it, were you really like thinking about that specifically or more the fact that it's just awesome that all these guys that are a big deal are teaming up? I think when I was a kid, I didn't understand that they were supposed to be invading. Yeah. I was just like, why is Razor Ramon and Diesel in WCW now? Yeah, but that's you like knew honestly they, you what all, I thought. But you also knew that they were big names. Sure. To me, that was what why it was cool at first. It's like, oh, these guys are all like big names, and if they team up, they're gonna like right. dominate. Right? right, right, right. Yeah. I mean it's hard to say, you know, as they always say, hindsight is twenty twenty, and it was Hogan, and he had probably the most famous heel or face turn of anything yeah. ever, right? Yeah. And the new world organization of wrestling, brother. And it set the world on fire, the wrestling world on fire, revitalized Hogan's career, revitalized WCW, put them as number one for several years. It became a legacy in its own right. If it had been Brett, I still think it would have been a very successful storyline. Mm-hmm. I still think it would have surprised a lot of people for Bret Hart to run in and be the third man. Yeah. I think it would have been a big deal, but not on the level no. of Hogan. Like, it would have been good. It would have been good for 1996 and, and probably, probably not. Probably No, probably no? not even. I don't think it would have lasted as long. What do you think? It has like five, six months in the tank and yeah, that's it? Yeah, I think it's the legs are out. And like, then Hogan, who's still a face, comes back and kicks well, Bret Hart's ass. And that's ass. the other problem. Hulk Hogan never put me over. So Mr. Hulk Hogan here, right? Yeah, he, Mr. Hulk Hogan. If he is not in the NWO, he would have squashed it in a second. That is an excellent point. That's Gwen. why it lasted like for <laughs> six years or whatever it was. It was like Because Hogan was in it. Right? right, and he could never lose. And <laughs> it was perfect he's a heel. for Hogan. <laughs> yeah. It was perfect for Terry Bollea, the person. <laughs> right. Oh wait, I don't have to wrestle that much. I don't even have to be there every week, and I never lose. And I can be a heel. sign me up, brother. Yeah, and I can be a heel that gets no comeuppance <laughs> yeah. ever. It's perfect for like, Hogan for two You're years right. or something. And Bret Hart, as good as he could be as a heel, that's not sustainable for someone like him. So that's my answer there. What happens is, I think WCW still would have been hot. I think it would have been well, a very good angle. Here's the thing: is I think WCW would still be in the same position only because WWF was so weak. I think, it, yes. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's still yeah. like a big thing happening that's yeah. actually something unlike what's going on in WWF with like Duke the Dumpster and all right. this nonsense. Like, no one cares. And there's obviously longer term implications that we can't get into. Bret Hart never has the Austin feud. Right. And then maybe Steve Austin never becomes what he is and maybe WCW is even better, you know, because WWF... Yeah, but maybe, maybe the Austin-Pillman feud would have right. been bigger. Maybe WWF gets Hulk Hogan back. Right. Because they need someone because they lost Brett. Because Hulk's also pissed that he didn't right. get the NWO job. Maybe they get Macho Man back. He almost jumped back in 97. Mm-hmm. This close to getting Macho back in early 97. Right, right. Maybe Vince gets Macho and Hogan back and still turns his company. Vince was gonna... Vince was not going down. No. Regardless. I mean, Vince would have spent his last <laughs> dollar. Yes. He would have spent the money to feed his family. Yep. To like stay alive and beat. It didn't matter to him. Absolutely right. So that's a great question. Quinn, why don't we, and thank you, Alex Rodriguez, A-Rod, why don't we have another one, Michael? Ah, and the next one comes from Filippo Festuccio, oh, recent guest yes. on this show. Last week's show, yeah. Yeah, um, and it says, which WCW guy could have been a big star in the WWF? Hmm. 
there's not many that weren't you know yeah, that, I mean, that I, I can I, think of i know the first one sting, sting. right it has sting. to be it has to be sting and i would argue goldberg could have been a bigger star if they had him earlier right but they never had sting i, mean, I don't count this one run that he had what do you think of this yeah. um you know, he was huge in WCW. Oh. Lex Luger could have been way bigger yeah. in WWF than yep. they, they let him be. We've talked about his missed opportunity, his missed potential before. Yeah. What kind of disgusting, despicable lack of respect. Luger I think should he, have been a bigger star. Yeah, I think even if he came back after being in WCW after that run, mm-hmm. he could have been awesome in yep. WWF. Yep, he could have been. Sting, Sting, I think, could have been, but... They had like a, a larger than life version of Sting in the Ultimate Warrior, and they had the grounded, realistic version in like a Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart or the Undertaker. Sting is not, not supernatural, though. I don't understand this like comparison. Uh, he that, he uh, hit people with a bat. He was no, not supernatural. He had that weird crow thing going on, no, but he wasn't super. He was more like Raven than anything. Yeah, I don't know about that, uh, folks. Let us know what you think. Was he, Sting supernatural? No. He hung out in the rafters with like crows and shit. Yeah, but that it was like he make was like him, Batman or he something. He was more gothic, but he wasn't he didn't have powers. Let's say, let's say let's put it this way. It's more like Batman, right? Where Batman doesn't have powers, but he is has like a mystique of That's some fine. kind, like I, the Undertaker. I, I don't I won't take away the mystique, but Undertaker was an undead zombie. Right. Sting and, was and just a, a wizard also. <laughs> and he had druids. Sometimes and, Satan Taker. Yeah, sometimes Satan. You know who could have been a big star in WWF? And they had him briefly, but like if they had him in the '90s and they could have used him, right? DDP would have worked. Oh yeah, they, DDP. Because when they, by the time they got him, he was too old. Yeah, and, and I think and, that's why they didn't push him. And they killed his career yeah, with, with the whole Sarah Taker thing. thing. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah yeah. Taker. But I think if they had like '96, '97 DDP, right? Imagine him feuding with Austin or teaming with Austin. Oh yeah, like, he would have been. He would have been. Oh, a, he would have fit like a glove, it, right? Yeah, he would have been good. Goldberg after the fact, not in 98. Yeah. They wouldn't have known what to do with him. You know who I think, if WCW didn't get him first, would have been a bigger deal in WWF in the mid-90s? Hmm. Raven. Uh, yeah. A way bigger deal. He would have been great for the Attitude Era. Yeah, like WCW the- exhausted the character. Yep. In, in a good way. I in a good he, way. I thought he was used correctly where, in WCW. Where it made sense that he went back to ECW. You're right. I thought he could have been a way bigger deal in an Attitude Era setting, though. Absolutely. If they would have pulled him in sometime in, like, mid-97, yeah. around the time WCW got him, that would have worked. The problem was Raven was peaking in popularity too early yep. for the Attitude Era. Yep. So it, he, he went to WCW at the right time. I, I don't right. fault, like, Scott Levy's decision. Sure, I agree with him. Then he needed to make more money and and have some solid. I mean, great as great as ECW was for his career, he needed to make the next step, and he went to WCW at the right time. Right, and he maximized the Raven character to its full potential. I just think it would have fit a little better in the WWF. I agree with you. Are there any other big time WCW guys that were either had very limited run in WWF or just never went? There aren't that many, right? You know, I think Dean Malenko could have actually been a bigger deal in WWF. You, you mean if they had him earlier, not, right, right. not if in they 2000, had him earlier, right? Yeah. yeah. He well, was they very have a cruiserweight division, though, Quinn. Yes, but Dean Malenko's style, if you look back at ECW, he was more like an enforcer character. He could do a heavyweight style, even though he was R- small. Right, and the, the idea that he could kind of get you in a hold and break your legs sure. and stuff. like sure. They could have had him be that background enforcer character to right. like a DX or something. Yeah. That stone faced guy that interesting one. You, you let him you let him loose and he's gonna he's gonna jump on your back and break your arms or something. Sounds like, like that monkey that Ross had in Friends. Yeah. Marcel. She says Marcel's humping things not a phase. 
Yeah, it, it, he's like he's small but dangerous. Yes. Like, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, that's silent but deadly, like yeah. like a fart. Yeah, so that's a good question though. I mean, there's probably other people we're not thinking of. So, folks, let us know. What do you? Let us know to all these, by the way. Let us know what you think would have happened if Brett was the third man. Mm-hmm. Let us know who you think was a WCW star or just a WCW wrestler that would have been big. And let us know the next one. Let's see one more, Quinn, while we have some time. Let's spin the wheel again. And this one looks to be from AJ Smith. Oh, AJ. Good old AJ. And this is a fun one. It says, would the new foundation have worked if they had been treated seriously and dressed <laughs> in pink like the Heart Foundation instead of Neon? <laughs> Yeah. Yes. I think that really would have helped. Now, the now, new foundation, folks. Now, just... this is the one with Coco Beware no! and all that, right? <laughs> so Coco Beware. What, what do you mean? I, it's so confusing. Okay. Real quick. Okay. Uh, can I briefly? Because there's the other Owen Hart one, but were they the same name? I don't. I never can remember. I love you, Owen. Okay, yeah. so here's what happened, folks. So in <laughs> so Hart Foundation breaks up like right after WrestleMania 7, right? Uh-huh. That Brett and Jim. Jim Neidhart becomes a commentator on Challenge and MSG shows with with Thrill and Bobby. He's already wearing the fucking gear that they would use for the new foundation. Okay, so, so that's why Jim everyone Neidhart's that fault. joined the new found yeah. everyone that ever joined the new foundation <laughs> wore that gear. Sure. So Neidhart then brings in his brother-in-law Owen. The oh, new foundation won. Yes, November. <laughs> there's only one. Hang on. What do you mean? New <laughs> November of 1991. The new foundation. Catchy handle. Their most prominent appearance is Royal Rumble '92. They face um the Orient Express right in the and opener. It, what's funny is like it's again the Orient Express, just like '91. <laughs> yeah. Now the new foundation was known for their baggy ass, colorful pants. Right. Jim had blue. Owen had purple. Stupid jackets, like checkered board patterns. Yeah, like they they looked ridiculous. You know what their their attire reminded me of? Dynamic dudes. <laughs> Dynamic dudes. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. It was just horrible. Jim Neidhart gets himself fired in February of 1992 for either failing a drug test or beating up someone that tried to give him a drug this test. This isn't I can't like remember. the time he broke into somebody's house and went in their medicine cabinet or no, something. No, that, then he had to listen to Danny. Yeah. So Owen's by himself. Owen keeps that attire. So now Owen is the the torchbearer of this attire. Right. In mid 1992, Coco Beware joins Owen Hart in High Energy. Ah, High Energy. That's the name. So they weren't. They, I mean, they should have just called them New Foundation again. So, so like, they wear this attire, right? New Foundation Returns or something. A very uninspired. New Foundation Returns. Very uninspired team. Yeah. Owen goes down to a knee injury in early 1993. Coco now retains that attire. He leaves in 93. <laughs> Owen comes back a little bit later and he's got like the blue Brett attire. Yeah, yeah. So the attire is done seemingly, right? Except in April of 1994, Coco Beware returns for a few shows and guess what attire he has? He has the new foundation. Yes, he does. So it actually lasted, it went from Jim Neidhart to the new foundation to Owen Hart to high energy to Coco Beware by himself. That 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 really confuses <laughs> shit at me. But to answer the question, answer the question, would they have worked with the just the regular Hart Foundation attire? I mean, I want to say yes in one sense, but then again, Brett was already wearing that attire, so isn't that kind of diluting it? Diluting him? Sort of. I mean, like, okay, if they had worn the attire, wouldn't they have, like, a loose association with the WWF champion? And also, like, couldn't they actually have written in that they're, like, a faction, practically? 
Yeah, but would they have wanted to do that in early 92? I mean, maybe. I kind of think that would make Bret Hart kind of a badass, but it, that would only work would. if Bret was a heel. That was the That's thing. That's true. There was no, like, factions back in 92. Yeah. There was, like, no factions during that period of time yeah, in WWF, it's right? Yeah, true. Yeah. It was just every, one or two managers, Well, and managers would have a, a group. Yeah, but, like, even Bobby was gone by then as a mm-hmm. manager, so it was kind of uninspired, but that's a funny question. Yeah, I think it would have worked if they had dr- worn anything more seriously. Yeah. Not even pink. But... At the same time, I don't think it would have worked because Neidhart was, like, out of gas. Yeah, he And it's sucked. like, Owen could carry him to a point. But not as far as Brett could have, honestly. Right. Yeah, well, because Owen was just not as experienced. No, he was exactly. younger. Like, that was the whole thing. And I think, honestly, Owen Owen needed to be a singles anyway, eventually. Yeah, he needed to establish himself yeah. and stuff like that. That was a great question, though. So, folks, uh, if you have a question you'd like to submit, just go to our website, ovppodcast.com, and you can submit something to pop the question. Now, I know we're coming up on our season finale in a few weeks, so you're probably wondering, well, what about all the questions? My question didn't get answered. Don't worry. We are going to cover that in a very special video live review at some point. Yes. Well, video show, whatever video you want to call game it. Show. Live stream. Yeah, yeah, video game show where we're going to answer all all the questions like rapid fire right that right. didn't get answered so you will get acknowledged and your question will be read but until our next week of pop the question let's take a break quinn and we'll be back right after these brief messages ovp podcast will return after these brief messages Hey, B, no way a little dude like you is gonna change oh, my ways. It's time you were tempted with a taste of nuts and honey. Hulk Hogan doesn't eat nuts and honey. Did you take this? An unbeatable part of this nutritious breakfast? That's better than a body slam. Undefeated. And still champion. It's a honey oven. It's fun that New world odor. Hi, this is Jameson. Remember me? Yeah, me neither. You're listening to Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's the best. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you so much for being with us here for episode number 67 on Monday, January 29th, 2018. Quinn, it's time for Mount Rushmore and Death Valley. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And this, folks, if you're new here, this is where each week we have put and will continue to put four of the best of something, and it could be anything, and you can feel free to throw your suggestions into the suggestion box. Four of the best go on to Mount Rushmore, and four of the worst, though, go down into the desert of Death Valley. And this week, we've got a fan request, and it is from our old friend Gary Fay. He wants us to do the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of... Wrestling props. Wrestling props. Okay. You want to say what Gary had suggested, and I think we need to expand this. Yeah, we're going to expand it to props and apparatus. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, for example, your urn, your two by four, yeah. <laughs> your he snake. He said urn, two by four snakes, but I think we should include like chairs yes. and weapons and. Sure. Anything that's not. Even the ramp. Anything like, that's not a wrestler, basically. Yeah, basically right? not the wrestler or the ref. <laughs> yeah. Like, how about that? So parts of the ring, yeah. I guess, can count, right? Or like apparatus or ringside. Yes, yeah, like, for example, like the post. Okay. Like that kind of stuff. That's one of the great things about wrestling, Quinn, to talk about props, is that it adds to the cartoony element of it in a lot of ways because you have the 
the the basic premise of wrestling, right, mm-hmm. is two guys fighting. Right, and trying to get a pinfall, yep. submission, count out, or right. disqualification. disqualification. Yeah. And it's two guys that don't like each other, presumably, fighting prove who's better. And that's all well and good. Right. But what really adds a whole other element is the addition of things like an urn, a guy with an urn. Yeah. Right? It, or it, a guy with a dog. Right. <laughs> and even unsung things that, like, wouldn't be in a normal, like, regular fight, like ring ropes. Right, exactly. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. Like <laughs> A guardrail. Yeah. You know, not too many people are fighting outside of a movie premiere that I yeah, know of. Exactly. A guardrail. <laughs> So it's an interesting concept, and I guess you can have the first pick. How about that? I think the, like, all-time great weapon, like, slash prop or Mm -hmm. whatever is the steel chair. I mean, like, that's what everyone thinks of. Yes. It's just the steel chair. And as we saw way back when we watched The Secrets of Pro Wrestling Revealed for episode number 30, Mm -hmm. folks... The chair is real, but the fans don't know the secret. <laughs> they don't know the secret of how to use it. It is true. I'm looking right here uh, next to the couch. We have a folding chair. Now, that is padded. That's not like the steel chairs. It's still going to hurt if I got hit with it, though. Right. But the, they are gimmick to a point, right? I they're mean, like, light. Yeah, they're lighter than the normal steel chairs. Yes. It'll hurt, right. yes. Yeah. But it's not going to kill you, you know, if you get hit in the back with it or something. Right. But, I mean, it's significance in wrestling, right? It's like, it's the, kind of the de facto weapon. In in a re- or any pro- it's the de facto prop really. I mean, it is like other than the ring. Like, yeah, and the ring the ring's more of like their stage, their yeah. platform. The steel chair is so ubiquitous with like wrestling that it was in video games as far back as Royal Rumble in 1993. Yeah, it's like the first weapon. Really, five years yeah. ago, it's the first weapon in games. It's the first weapon. It was a weapon in the 70s and probably earlier. Yeah. I'm sure it was. They you would know use what I mean? Wood chairs, like yeah, they, the famous balsa use, wood chairs. They would use furniture of <laughs> yes, some kind. It's a chair. true. It makes a lot of noise, but it really doesn't do that much damage. One of the easiest things, the quickest things, is to identify if a guy's running in with a chair, you know someone's getting their shit fucked up. Right. Let me just put it bluntly, right? And it's one of those things that has to be in the arena, so it makes sense, right? Because there's thousands of folding chairs in an arena. Yep. You know? You're sitting on one. Besides the announcer tables, the ring, the wrestlers, the guardrail. Yep. I mean, those are like the default things and the ramp. Obviously. And the ramp. Yeah. I think it's it's a no-brainer that the best wrestling prop is the steel chair. Yeah. It, I it, think it I is. I think it's just the number one thing. It's universal. Culturally, it doesn't matter what country you're in. It's yeah. a steel chair is a steel chair. What's you know even what I mean? crazier about the steel chair, if you really think about it, I think culturally it's associated with professional wrestling. I a, think. In an odd way, right? Honestly, if you see... Th- this is... I'm making this up, but if you see a podcast logo yeah. and you see a folding chair, yeah. let's say you don't even know what the title is, you see a chair, what do you think it's about? Professional wrestling. Exactly. And that's, again, it's ubiquitous with professional wrestling. It's yeah. just, I think it's an easy number one. Quinn. I would argue that even non-fans, when they see a, a folding chair, because you don't really see folding chairs every day. Unless you go to a lot of conferences. Or yeah, something but, like that. but when you know. see one, you think of like, you know, somebody will always make a joke. It's like, oh, I'm going to hit you with the steel chair, right? Yeah. So for number one, the steel chair? Yes. Alrighty. You know, Quinn, thanks Mm -hmm. to guys like Gary here who submitted this question. Thank you, Gary. We just got to spend five minutes talking about a chair, and that's why we love doing this podcast. We hope you guys like it, too. (laughs) We, Uh, like, analyzed a steel chair. We definitely just analyzed a steel chair. Now, I'm going to bring one up that Gary actually mentioned, because I think it is an iconic wrestling prop, and it's Jim Duggan's 2x4. Yeah, it's a it's a big one. Right? It's a pretty big one. I mean, because it's so simple. Yeah. It's a board of wood, another one that's just universal. I mean, it looks like it would hurt. 
I don't want to get hit with a two by four. Right. Like honestly, I think we have some back there by the garage. Right. We have all this shit laying around our, yeah, our this, freaking this, basement here. We're in a place that would have a ton of wrestling props right now. <laughs> we got a chair. We got a two by four. So anyway, what do you think about the two by four? You know, I I think that it's more associated with one guy than true. it is all wrestling. Like you don't okay. see two by fours anymore. No, that's Duggan's, true. Like. Here's the thing is like Duggan took such ownership over it because I'm sure it was used before like in wrestling. I'm Duggan, sure it was. Yeah. But then Duggan was like, no, this is my thing. Okay. Like, and then like they never did it ever after Duggan retired. True. So do you want to do something that's more like less uh, character specific then or yeah. does it just have to be iconic? I just think character it, specific? I mean, if it's going to make Rushmore, right, it should be like ubiquitous, like we were saying. Yeah. Like it should okay. be like overarching. Like okay. this is in all wrestling. So do you have anything? What about the uh, brass knucks or the the yeah brass knucks are good or whatever they call it. you know sometimes the fake the implied brass knucks where it's really like, or, like it's bunch paper of towels or something yeah <laughs> does King's Phantom foreign object fall into that category well that's like power <laughs> of the punch right like yeah but the, I I would say like the most common always was the brass knucks right yeah and that's another one where it's so simple so effective though because only in wrestling can putting something on your hand make your punch like 18,000 times <laughs> oh, more yeah. effective. Your life bar goes down to nothing <laughs> yeah, when you get you hit can, by the brass knocks. You could lose a title because of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Regular punch? Nah. But you know why it's a great um, little uh, prop I always thought? was mm-hmm. Because you can fit it in your tights. Yep. You can hide it under the ring. Absolutely. You can even hide it in the turnbuckle or something, like yep. the, under the pad. Someone like, can quickly throw it to you yeah, behind the ref's it's, back. It's completely versatile. Very transportable. Yeah. Very it, mobile. It's a solid prop. It, it, that's a good one, Quinn. Yeah. The brass knucks. It's hmm. like one of the common objects I think of with wrestling. What about the ladder? The ladder. Now, that's an all-time great because of the great matches surrounding it. That's true. Now, it's not as common as a chair. That doesn't make it not rush more. It doesn't make it not rush moreable, which yeah. is now a verb. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's next, though, on our list. Is it now that the latter not as storied as the steel chair? I would say it's pretty storied at this point. <laughs> on a scale it's of one to ten, story. how storied is it? I'd say like an eight. <laughs> like it's up there. It's solid. Okay. 80%. So, <laughs> that, that That's a passing grade. Very passing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's most well-associated starting in 94 with Shawn Michaels and right, Razor. Right, but it just kept amping up. Like, the ladder really became almost a brand to a point. Like, the... Yeah. If you think about DLC it, like the ladder right. match, like became yeah. a marketing thing. Like it did. You know what? You know what? I know I brought it up, but one of my main problems with it is from a kayfabe point of view. Why is there like eighteen ladders under the ring now? Well, to me, it's always because they put it there on purpose. Like that why was literally that? my head cannon. I know. It. No, that's why. But it's just like. Well, okay. Think of it this way, though. Okay. If you're the way the production is now, this is like I'm really thinking deep, but it actually makes sense. Are we still in the fourth wall here? We might be. We, we might not be. <laughs> okay. The fact that there's multiple ladders actually would break the fourth wall because yeah. look at all the lighting rigs and like shit. You would have to have like multiple people doing that at like the same time mm-hmm. because there's so much shit to set up. You would need tons of ladders to like do that. I'm like, not disputing their necessity for putting on the product. You're just saying why, why do they, are they put under it the under- ring? <laughs> So when they when they're done with the wrestling, they they don't have to run all the way down the ramp, bring the ladder back. It's just a, a matter of okay, convenience. So it's just Joe. an operational convenience. Right. I understand. It's like that. we're done doing that. We'll put them under the ring, and then when we're done, we'll take them out and we'll go get the lights off the thing. I'm not going to argue. I mean, it's it's okay. That's that's fine. Yeah. But is it as convincing of a weapon, or is it more convincing than a steel chair? 
I think it's less convincing because steel chair it has that thing where like you're always next to a steel chair, especially if you have a show, you're sitting on it, right? Mm-hmm. You know it's solid. Like right. that it holds your weight. Right. So the steel chair seems like a really viable weapon just by familiarity with it. Mm-hmm. However, the ladder you use ladders once in a blue moon. <laughs> Unless you're a painter. Right. So like it, a, you don't have that association with ladder like, man. ladders are really hard, right? And they can look <laughs> flimsy as shit when they do in the ring. They yeah. usually look pretty shitty. Yeah. They do. Like right. they like bend and bow, especially in the older days. What's even funnier is the ladders that they have are like these unrealistic heights that no one owns. Mm. And like if you notice they all have that thing that you can like stand on at the top, but none of them have that the thing that's common on ladders where the painter like <laughs> The, like, well, thing where well, you put the, the pan on. They're not actually painting. <laughs> yeah, but what ladder... What do you want to okay, do? Joe, yes. realistically, yes, sir. what fucking ladder mm. have you seen in recent times that didn't have that fold-out, like, <laughs> like, table thing on the top? Well, let's see. It was last June at Ladder Expo 17. Right. And I was looking, and, and I saw one that was double-sided, and I think it was actually marketed as the ladder match ladder, so... Yeah. That's about the last. That's time what I mean. Is, that's the there. other thing, and I didn't even think of that. The double sided part. Yes, it has it, to be double sided. Right. Which I remember in the first ladder match, uh, the WWF did ninety two. Did, didn't Gorilla yeah. ask like, "Oh, it looks like you can climb up both sides." Yeah, he was like surprised because you know he's like a real person. It was like, wait, what ladders are like this ever? You know, this is the most unusual ladder, Albert. You obviously can climb either side. It looks that way. You know what, Quinn? I'm going to bring up another one for you. The barbed wire baseball bat. I love that, that weapon. And I love sometimes when they put it on fire. Yes, too. Like including the like, fire <laughs> option there. Yeah. The fire upgrade. The fact that it has a fire option really yes. uh, uh, ramps it up there for me. It's like having a moonroof option. You have a fire option yeah. on your barbed wire bat. Now that's an extreme one that's born out of ECW in the extreme style. And it's modified too. It's like started with the baseball bat. Yep. Then we added some barbed wire. And then when you know, we fuck felt, it. fuck it, let's just put fire on it. Like, <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I think it's uh, it's one of those things that's got to be used in moderation. Yeah. It's, be used. And it is. And to it be is. fair to even the WWE, yep. they barely use that thing. That's true. Like ever. So that's an extreme one. Right. What about the sledgehammer? I know what Triple H is associated with it, but now I've noticed wrestlers are bringing it out like to like as an homage but it's becoming like a regular thing the only thing is is like what, what are these guys like going to construction sites or they're going to lowe's and buying one like why do they have a sledgehammer okay i'll explain again if you're setting up a lighting rig right don't you have to hammer that shit Not into the ground sledgehammer. it's got to be in there pretty there's pretty... no sledgehammer we with gotta a ask lighting like rig. mike crockett or maloney so do they have sledgehammers to set up wrestling shows i don't think so folks send your questions <laughs> and cards and letters directly to michael quinn care of OVP podcast do you think that that I, I probably why, not? Whatever you're going to say, probably not. Do you think that why the weapon is there should like knock it down? Yes, off Rushmore? of course, because there has to be logic to this thing. <laughs> this is very serious. Now the table, the table, it has to be there. There needs to be tables. You got to sell shit on a table. You got to be an announcer on a table, right? And that includes the Spanish announce table. I right. think we could throw that into the mix here, right? The table is one of those all time great props, and I know it's by prop. We're not implying it's fake. Right. It's just a prop. It's it, yeah, part it's, of the... It's, it's an it, object. It's, it's an exterior option to the yes, match. Like, exactly. It's not just the guys with their hands and legs yes. and, and the ref. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, the prop... I mean, the table is um is great because, again, no matter who you are, mm-hmm. what walk of life you come from, uh, and no matter what country you're in, uh, seeing a guy going through a table <laughs> yeah. fucking looks like it hurts. It, yeah. It but makes it, sense in a storyline context. 
I don't know. I always looked at those tables and I was like, that can't hurt too much, right? I don't want to get put through one. Yeah. Do you? I, no, I don't want to get put, just because it's an embarrassing look but, to like go through. Go <laughs> oh, th- that's the only reason yeah, why, well, huh? Think about it. If someone pushed you, like you say we're at like a wedding and so you got in a fight <laughs> with somebody and somebody like body slammed you through a table, it would be pretty embarrassing and also a mess to clean up because usually there'd be like a cake and like maybe some condiments on it. There might be condiments. First of all, why am I getting into a fight at a wedding? You never know. <laughs> That's the only realistic area where you would go through those folding tables. What about a catered event? Doesn't have to be a wedding. Well, yeah, I just was saying wedding because that's like the most common catered event. I suppose so, except for Ladder Expo 17. Right. Or, you know, like at maybe like a politician's like... like <laughs> you know those like meet and greets? Yeah, I do. Or maybe if they're like having a contest at a car dealership, that's where folding tables would be. That like, With cheap coffee that's yeah. kind of lukewarm. <laughs> yeah, An exactly. old donut and stuff like that. Uh, the table, though, I think I actually want to put on is number two. I've changed my mind. I agree. Yeah, it's the an, chair and the table, right? I mean, like, the, those are like the... Those are classics that'll never get, yeah. get old. I don't know about the ladder, but... I don't either. Yeah. But this is this is not a stretch. You need the table in the arena. Right. And especially for the actual action and the realism, when they go through the announcer's table, whether it's the Spanish or the English, mm-hmm. it, it's an upheaval. Right. You know what I mean? Like, the announcers are falling all over the place. Yeah. Monitors are broken. Like, shit's busted up. Yep. I love it. Number two, the table. Yep. All right. For number two, folks. <laughs> Okay, I got another one that is uh, very heavily associated with wrestling. The steel cage. Yeah, that's good. People, it's like, it's, it's a good so one. generically is it wrestling. A, is like, it a prop, though? In a yeah, sense, it is, Yeah, right? it's a fucking prop. Hey, if, I mean, you, if you can buy it as an add-on to your wrestling figures, it's a prop. It's definitely a prop. Like, <laughs> it is. The cage is a prop. It's, it's a thing that's external. Yeah. And I mean, to that point, I mean, we could talk about the ring just for a brief second. Yeah, because, but- like... The ring, again, is not something that's very accessible to regular people. If somebody was to get in a fight with you, you wouldn't go, hey, pal, we got to go to the nearest ring and like go fight. Like, Unless you're at a wedding, obviously. Right? Yeah, a wedding, of course. Because, you know, put the ring on the finger. Right. Thank you. I don't know, but the ring itself is like, it's, it's a necessity for a wrestling match. By, by definition of the sport of wrestling, yeah, you it, need it. Right. So to me, it's it's not a they've kind of They've kind of worked it in that that's where professional wrestling takes place just like how yeah unless amateur wrestling takes place on a mat right unless you're watching wcw backstage assault in which case <laughs> you don't need that damn ring right and but if, the steel cage though the steel cage is is good the steel cage symbolically just the way it looks it means like these guys hate each other there's no way out there's no way out of this and and it looks like a cage fight you know right. it looks like it, there's some danger you know it's an underground element to well, it Well, also there's that aspect of like they say solid steel cage right and they do in the name, it implies, like you said, danger, but also, like, you're going to get injured because, right. like, you get thrown into yep. steel. It looks unique. It yeah. makes sense in the context. This is one where the reason it's there is because the wrestlers want it to be there. It's right. not like they, an accident. It's not a stretch. Like chosen right. this, this fate. Is you that know? a prop? If we're counting that as a I prop. I think it's definitely a prop. You're right. No? No, like, I think you're right. It's an accessory, right? Yeah, it's not It's not common. It's not like there's steel cage matches every single week on professional wrestling television. All right, well, let me ask you this. Cage or uh, ladder? Cage. Okay. Because throughout the history of wrestling, I mean, like, the cage is, like, a top prop. Cage or the barbed wire bat or sledgehammer? I mean, there's still a spot open. Yeah, I, I think the but cage, is cage going to trump? I don't think anything could knock the cage out. 
Let's All right. put it that way. I have no problem with that because the you know everyone loves a good cage, a good cage match. Right. It, it means something. Well, everyone just loves the idea of a cage match because if you ever notice, whenever somebody says like, "There's going to be a cage match," like yeah. even though like we've seen a thousand cage matches at this point, like people are like, "Well, that's exciting. There's yeah. going to be a cage match." Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, that's awesome. Okay, so yeah. let's go. Let's go for yeah. that. So for number three, the cage. Yeah. Well, there, Michael. Hmm. I have to bring one up, and it is a wrestling prop. I'm not saying it's going to make it, but I think it's worth discussion here. The stairs. What do you think of the <laughs> Tables, stairs? ladders, chairs, and stairs. Well, forget the stairs match, because that was horrible. But see, when they're just used where they're stationary and not being... Or even when they're being picked up and thrown into somebody, I think it's really effective, because you can Irish whip someone into the stairs. Yeah. Um, you the, can hit them with the stairs. The thing I will say about the stairs is I think their effectiveness... Especially with, I've noticed they've like changed the material. Like they're more hollow yeah, or like stupid now. Yeah, I know. I feel like they've kind of killed the the, the, mystique. the, the mystique of them. And then when they went on that ludicrous tangent about them weighing eight hundred pounds or something, <laughs> top of those steel stairs, eighty-seven pounds. See the bottom total weight, almost three hundred pounds. Remember when they they brought up a graphic about how each part, how much it Uh, weighs. It was awful. Yeah, the top and the bottom, right? Right. The different weights and stuff, and it was just hideous. And they were just, it was like, I'm like, Bret Hart picks these up casually. (laughs) Like, he's not exactly like... Mr. Buff. So what the fuck are you talking about? Because that remember that stairs match was just too like it was like Braun Strowman and like what, that, what was the other one? It wasn't one? even Braun. It was like Kane and Eric Rowan or something. Eric like that. Rowan. It was That's horrible. It. Yeah. And now that you said stairs match again, it reminds me of how stupid that was. So never mind. I never said anything. It was Big Show and Eric Rowan. Whatever, whoever yeah. it was, it shouldn't have happened. Right. And that's the only stairs match that ever happened, I believe. Mm-hmm. All right, so forget the stairs. No stairs. No, no stairs. stairs. No, because who the hell? I, don't, I can't just go pick up my stairs. Yeah. It's not a common prop. I really <laughs> I really like the uh, the idea of the barbed wire bat. I think that's a great prop. Mm, I do really How like intimidating it. does that shit look? Yeah, but what about the thumbtacks, Joe? Ooh, Quinn. Yeah. Well, the wild card there, the yep. thumbtacks. Yeah, those look really cool. Easily yeah. identifiable again. They look dangerous. Yeah. They're big in hardcore matches anywhere. Like to Listen, this day. As a kid, I was always like, I know wrestling's fake, but that shit has to hurt. And I know yeah. now that it probably doesn't really it hurt. hurts. No, I mean at all. Imagine if you stuck yourself with a thumbtack. Yeah, but now like thousands of them yeah, in the back at the same time. It's gonna hurt a bit. Again, I don't want it happening to me. Right. <laughs> it I was at just, a weird wedding, apparently. It just looked like horrifying. Horrifying, yeah. 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 I'm sure it was horrifying. Now, did we we put the table on, right? Yeah, the table's on. Did we mention the flaming table? That's an accessory, I'd say. Does that, to the table. Does that I think anything on fire is it's always just like an add-on. It's Yeah. You think you, it's, that's like a, that's an accessory to yeah. the to the prop? <laughs> yes, because you can also add on to the uh to the steel chair, you can wrap a towel and put that on fire like that happens sometimes. Yeah. Fire is just an accessory. It's like buffalo wings, you know what I mean? If you want ranch but dressing wait, on the side. Yeah. Put a little fire on but the wait, side of that table. You say that, right? But yes, <laughs> this is ridiculous. What about in the 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 hell's match, the hell on fire match? What's it called? The one where you have to like the first person to be on fire loses the inferno match. Yes, that's it. That sucks. No, no yeah, that's does, not good. Does that count as a prop though? The, the no. those things that like no. go. No, that's equipment. That's like necessary. You're not supposed, <laughs> don't worry about that. I'm holding a barbed wire bat. Okay, I, I got to throw some like regular ones out there go, go ahead turnbuckle part of the ring 
Right, but I mean, like they—that's they, a common You're like stretching take, the definition of take, prop take here. Take the pad off, and and the, you know the, the guess, solid steel. Yeah, the solid steel buckle. Now the post. The post is used as a prop. Part a of the lot. ring. Yes, yeah. I know. Yes, it is part of the ring, though. But right. okay, let's get into animals for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to OVP podcast, where we tackle the hard hitting issues. The snake. That might win, actually, because the what the fuck? Snake. Putting a snake on a guy. Yeah, that seems horrible. I don't. Again, another thing I don't want done to me. Remember when it bit Randy Savage, the yeah, cobra? That is one of the scariest things ever. Yeah, because that looked like this looks real. The snake is biting him. Out of here! Roddy Piper on his way to get some help. The snake is gnawing on the arm. Damien gave Andre a heart attack. Yeah. And it was such a big deal, the, the snake. Damien, especially that when Earthquake sat on it, it was like a huge fucking thing. Right. Don't watch this, folks. Please don't watch it. Oh, he's going to make it oh, That footage was too cruel, too repulsive for us to share with you. What about the championship belt itself? Uh, championship! Yeah, that winner. Yeah. It's a yeah. prop in any context, whether it's a prop as a weapon and or it's as a, common a prop as someone wears it and it, it looks it, cool. It's also dangerous yeah. to, a, to a point. So like the over in general. Like a uh, championship belt. Yeah, that's you're right. That's got to be number four, actually. Right. Because not only can it be used as a weapon, but it also is their title belt. And when they wear yeah. it, it looks cool. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and just because um, Shit. just because when you bring <laughs> up the championship belt, you have to do this just because of the WWF toys, the American yeah. flag. That's <laughs> nice and everything, but what do you just? That stick what you, hurts. What were you looking at the Hasbro catalog well, in the I'm bathroom looking at the before? Christmas tree over there that we never took down. <laughs> yeah, really. All right, I'm I'm on board with the belt because a wrestling belt. It's the thing everyone's trying to win. Yeah, championship. You see them everywhere in any wrestling federation. There's a belt. Yep, it makes sense, and they're you know adopted from the boxing championship belt, so it translates you know culturally it's, and stuff it's like been that. Like one of the oldest props. Yeah. The championship belt, right? The championship belt. How do we not four. like pick that as one? Whoops. But, yeah. All right, you ready? Yep. For number four, the championship belt. Championship. Well, to recap for Donnie, we have the steel chair, the table, the steel cage. Fire is available on any of these, by the way, as an <laughs> adder. And the championship belt. That's our Mount Rushmore of wrestling props of course you can let us know yours by tweeting at us by going to ovppodcast at gmail.com sending us an email or simply going to the facebook group join and let us know quinn i'm gonna pick one of the worst sure and you know what i'm going for what matilda she sucked that's <laughs> a horrible horrible prop and the reason why is because she was useless what are they doing First of all, these two <laughs> big guys, right? These two bruisers, these yeah. big, imposing, and very good wrestlers from England, they have to like walk a little short, stubby dog down the aisle. Matilda was pretty ferocious, though. Joe. She Remember, was not. Bobby Heenan, he had the whole dog suit to like prevent her from attacking. I hope you're being sarcastic. <laughs> what about the dog suit? As a <laughs> I, I think. Well, We're in Death Valley, and yeah. the dog suit's awesome. What about Frankie the Bird? Who does he remind you of? <laughs> <laughs> well, who does Coco remind you of? Jess and the Bird Frankie! <laughs> <laughs> the most random line ever. Frankie didn't talk, so like there was nothing useful yeah. about Frankie. It was just a big now, fucking parrot or a macaw. In all fairness, do we want to just... I feel like we could fill this with animals and it would just be silly. 
can we just say like animals in general as a prop? Well, we talked about the snake though. The snake would cancel that out. Right. The snake was good. Yeah. I just, I feel like most of the animals are bad. Like the kimono dragon. Like, <laughs> like they're all shitty. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. You're right. Dogs are always bad. Right. Because like they don't do anything. Yeah. They're like tame and nice. Or they pee on it like the yeah, time the, that they the, the boss man thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, they're peeing, JR. Right. Beat up the dog. The Rottweilers are beat off already. There's a hint. How many are there? Be careful. Don't slip on the urine, bug man. I don't know. Animals. I don't know. All right. Well, before we even do that, you got anything? What about the fire extinguisher? I feel like that doesn't really do anything. I was always like very like. Well, CO, carbon uh, dioxide can be very abrasive. But. It burn you. There's, there's chemicals in there. Hmm. I'm just saying. What about the baking sheet? The baking sheet is pretty useless. Because it's really stupid. It's it makes like a little bit of a bang, but it's like one of the worst weapons. Props yeah, ever. it does feel like it should be better, right? It's so flimsy. Yeah, like you could hit me with that, and I wouldn't mind. No, I wouldn't care either. You know what I'm saying? But it's loud. It's loud. So I guess from a K-fob point yeah. of view, it makes sense. But I don't know. I never liked it. I always because I'm sitting at home I'm like that doesn't hurt. Yeah, yeah. Whereas a chair. A table, a barbed wire bat, a belt, you know what I mean? These things look like barbed they would hurt. Barbed wire in yeah, general. Yeah, barbed wire in general, tacks, yeah. things like that, but not not a cookie sheet. Yeah, what about a frying pan? I mean, I guess that could hurt. If it's cast iron skillet, it can. Yeah. I don't know. See, that's when we get into like, weird shit. Okay, this one always bothered me because yeah. it's just doing it to be funny and ironic. What? The kitchen sink. <laughs> like, they, and they never use it. Like They yeah. just bring it there to sit there. It's like Matilda of props. I th- like, it's just there. <laughs> I think you brought up Matilda again. I think we just need to put um, all animals except Jake's snakes in. Non-lethal animals? Well, because think about it. Matilda sucked. Any pig that was ever there, you know, yeah. with Henry Godwin and fucking Phineas and <laughs> shit. They had a goat one time. They had a freaking beagle. You know, Matilda. Did they have a goat with Cletus or yeah, whatever? They might have had That's... the goat with Hillbilly Jim. I'm not okay. sure. His stupid horseshoe was a dumb prop, too. <laughs> well, a horseshoe would hurt. I, I That's like not it. bad. That's not bad. What about the slot bucket? That was dumb. Bucket would hurt. I, I can't argue I'm a not, bucket. I know, but give me a bad one, then. What about the dumpster? What's your problem with that? Because, like... They're all good. See, there's no bad props. No, because that one, you're just putting someone in it. Like, it's not like... It's not like it does anything. How about the same thing? Uh, same vein, casket also. The casket? I always hated the casket, too, to be honest with you. It's, like, dumb. Yeah, it... Well, what I hate about it is that it has magical powers. Yeah, that, people like, can teleport in and out of it. Well, not only can you teleport in and out of it... In certain cases, you're just dead. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? In the case of The Undertaker, right? Oh. Where he died, and also in the case of Conan, where it's just like, they put him in a casket, so he's dead. Right, that's true. Sometimes you die. Yeah, which make no sense to me. You know what? I actually hate the urn, because the urn is so confusing, because sometimes it has ashes, sometimes Some, it has green spew. Sometimes it's big. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, it's, it, sometimes it's small. Sometimes, sometimes it's a bowling trophy. Yeah. Sometimes it's a fucking uh, flashlight. So, okay, with the, let me, regarding the, the urn, regarding the I urn, hate right, the urn. it is certainly okay that you could hit somebody with it, right? Because that would yes. hurt of any kind of urn. Correct. Urns are pretty solid, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. However, yeah. The way and manner that they use the urn is that it's like aura or powers or whatever the fuck comes out of it, Kane's face or whatever, (laughs) that that somehow is how the Undertaker's powerful. And I hate that. Do you really? That always bothered me because it just makes him like unbeatable. 
Right, and it makes it like, why doesn't somebody just go and punch Big Fat Paul Bearer oh, in the did. face? They stole it, yeah, sure. And no, Mr. But- Hughes. Oh no! Even when they melted it down, they somehow, like, <laughs> somehow he still, like, how does he, that's the other thing, it breaks the Undertaker logic, because when, um, Kama melted it down, right? Yeah. Shouldn't it, like, not, shouldn't the Undertaker just turn into, like, a regular person, like, you know? Like Mark Undertaker? Yeah, he should just be, like, Mark Undertaker. Like, hey, what's going on, guys? You, you know what? Go get a soda? Fuck, fuck the urn, there's so many inconsistencies with it, with it, and, yes. like, and they don't even use it for like a weapon like they should in the first place. Occasionally, yeah. Yeah, not it's often. it's terrible. Okay, I'll put the urn in. Yeah. I'll I'll say this, Quinn. This earned Death Valley. Yes, it did. For number one. Die, die, die. You know, it's also ironic or what? coincidental because Paul Bearer, Undertaker, Death Valley, you know, he's from there. The urn is Heart in Death Valley. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that is uh that's there. You know, I have to go back to Matilda and these animals again, Quinn. Mm-hmm. They're useless. That's my problem. Yeah. Matilda is a very poor excuse for an animal to have at ringside. She just sits there like a fucking idiot. <laughs> mm. Why? What is it doing? I don't know because you're okay. I, listen, there's some, there's some really stupid stuff. There's no bull in this British <laughs> Stop. What? What? What about yep. the uh, wood pallet that they always act like it's like the most deadly thing ever if you get body slammed on a wood pallet? Yeah, no, no. If I'm not mistaken, wouldn't like the floor hurt more yes. than a pallet? However, they act like the wood pallet is devastating. The wood's pallet is probably softer than a concrete floor. Right. Now, I'm not saying it's pleasant, right. but it's certainly no worse than the cement. Yeah, and then sometimes they'll even pick it up and hit each other with it. I'm like, eh. Just use a chair. Yeah, it's there's lighter. so many other things to use, and that's cumbersome, too. That's a thing. It's not heavy, but it's no, cumbersome, right? It's cumbersome. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not Mr. Anti Wood Pallet. I'm not gonna lie, but I'm really anti Cookie Sheet. Yeah, the Cookie Sheet. Come does on, suck. Quinn. I'm surprised you don't like, um, like object to the fire extinguisher at all. Like, you don't think like that's lame at all. Well, what is the intended effect when they do it? Is well, the it, like, problem is, to- is that the the thing that they should be using it for right is the physical extinguisher. However, they Sometimes always they just do. spray that crap in your face that like. It would smell bad, but I don't think you would be like, uh, uh, I'm dead. Like, well, I mean, you're, you shouldn't breathe it in. That's for sure. That that much I know. Yeah, just close your mouth and hold your breath. You can see it coming. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sometimes they do that, and sometimes they hit them with it. Also, it's multi-purpose. What, what about uh, Mr. Fuji's ceremonial salt? That's a ceremonial salt that Fuji always carries. Okay, salt. Because <laughs> they fucking overuse that shit. Salt, yeah. And like, okay, realistically i feel like if someone threw salt or baby powder in your face like close because, your eyes right you could see <laughs> it coming fucking, from like a you mile could away see someone throwing my favorite is wrestlemania 9 yeah. where fuji's like opening the packet in front of <laughs> bret like hart dripping all out <laughs> and bret's just like looking at him yeah. and then he throws it at him and bret loses the toe what the fuck man yeah it's awful that's a good one what about the chloroform rag fuck that how about that? Because, okay. The rag, and maybe the salt still, though, no, too. No, no, no. Why the chloroform, right? Yeah. Because that would actually murder somebody. Right. Yet they, like, 
it's just like it's well, an inconvenience. Okay, <laughs> like I'll be back on Raw tomorrow. It's like, essentially like stabbing someone. Yeah. it's just okay. Yeah. you know what I mean. And you're like trying to kill a guy. And second of all, how do you get your hands on chloroform or ether? <laughs> Who just has that lying around? What is it? They go to a chemist in the yeah. 1950s. What a Jonas Salk give it to him? WWF chemist. Yeah, of well, that'd be George Sahorian. Yeah. For number two, the chloroform rag. I'll Fuck put it that. in. Fuck yeah. that. Fuck that. Number two. Die, die, die. That's that apropos right there. Okay, here's one. Yeah. What about Brutus the Barber Beefcake's hedge clippers? Yep, I don't like those either. <laughs> because they're I'll, fucking garden shears that should be trimming my bush. No, well, here's <clears> the, <throat> here's my biggest problem with them. Yes, they're a lethal weapon. That's Steve Blackman. They are, first of all, they are a lethal weapon that Steve is Blackman. never, ever used. Like, quite literally never used. Like, he doesn't That's cut true. people's hair with them. <gasps> Ooh. Whenever he has to cut someone's hair, he brings out the regular scissors. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's clippers. true. So, the whole thing with Brutus Beefcake, folks, as a barber, right? He, and just, just a recap of this. He's a barber. Right. What does a barber use to cut hair? Either an electric shaver, right? Uh-huh. Or hair scissors, right? Mm-hmm. Of course. So Brutus Beefcake has these exaggerated hedge clippers, right? Right. And they're used for, like, pruning shrubs. However, he brings them to the ring and just goes, hi, I've got these. <laughs> he just, like, snip, snip, snip. A little off the side, you a know. A little off the top. Yeah, he just he just he keeps doing that, but it nothing happens. <laughs> they are never ever used, and like they are actually like something that could kill somebody. Yes. But the ref just is like, eh, okay, you know, like that one's <sighs> stupid. You know what's another really bad one? Yeah. The taped fist. Why, if I put duct tape on my <laughs> fucking fists, does it make it better? I want you to try this at home, folks. Punch your table without duct tape. <laughs> After that, put duct tape on your hand yeah. and punch your table and let us know if you break straight through your table. Or like athletic <laughs> tape or yeah. whatever it is. I'll tell like, you. Remember when Duggan was really into using yeah, that? In like the mid 90s. Yeah, yeah, it was and, horrible. And, and somehow, like, Fucking if he stupid. used that shit, yeah. it's over. Yeah. Oh, you know what was really bad? What? The shock stick. I hated yeah. that thing because of the Although, fake noise that they would dub okay. in. Okay. Oh, Here's my thing with the shock stick. Yeah. The fake noise is bad. However, yeah. if it truly is a shock stick, mm-hmm. that's a pretty effective weapon. Like, that will incapacitate your opponents, and he really used it. Like, but shouldn't that be illegal? No, it is, but any weapon is, right? I guess. I'm just saying, like, here's the thing. It's one thing for the weapon to be illegal, but it needs to be effective. Like, to me, the bad ones are ineffective. True. Like, fucking duct tape. Like, why? Like, <laughs> why is that good? And hedge clippers And hedge clippers bad. you can't use because you'd be in a court of law after yeah. the match. So, well, so shock stick, too, though, probably, right? I guess well, he was... It's a, not a lethal weapon, though. In fact, shock sticks be. are designed no. to not be well, lethal. I know. That's, That's true. the whole point That's of them. That's true. Like, I know. You know, uh, honorable mention to one I think we forgot that might have even been able to make Rushmore. Yeah. Jimmy Hart's megaphone was awesome. Also, Bossman's Nightstick. And Bossman's Nightstick. I forgot to mention But, folks, that. that's what you come in. That's yeah. why you let us know your Mount Rushmore and Death Valley. We're obviously not going to remember anything. We're not working off a list here that says wrestling props. Mm-hmm. We're actually not. This is yeah. all from memory. So we have two spots left, Quinn. We yeah. have the urn is on there. The chloroform rag is on there. We have salt, because I, I hate that. I yeah. think it's really stupid. Because it wouldn't knock you out. Right. What about the milk truck? See? I don't know. It's okay. Can, okay. First of all, the reason I have a problem with it, where the hell is there a fucking milkman or a milk truck since like the 50s? Like, where did um, he get this thing? I'm uh, just saying. I don't know. You're right. I don't know where a milk truck came from. I have no valid excuse for this. <laughs> that, okay? that one is stupid. I have zero excuse and it's not Vince Russo's fault because it was 2001. And I also just hated this one because it was obnoxious was uh, the Austin four wheeler when he was the sheriff. 
Yeah, the ATV edition yeah. from like 2003. <laughs> it was pretty rough. That is so bad. It is bad. That is some, one of the worst. It's just obnoxious and terrible. So is there any other vehicles? We we need to bring up some of the vehicles here. Uh, I'm not, I don't, I can't think of any other vehicles off the top of my head. I mean, I never, I was never a big fan of the random vehicles. I know everyone else loves it yeah. when Steve Austin went driving on a fucking scooter or whatever the hell he did, <laughs> yeah. beer truck. And did you have any problems with the, um, whenever a king would have like that caravan thing with the wrestlers? I thought it was it great. That's that, fine. That's comically stupid. Uh, okay. The crown, all that yeah. shit, the robe, Well, the I, I have no problem with the crown and scepter. It's, it's just the thing they sit it. on. I love the caravan. All. I think yeah. it's great. Okay. okay. It's tremendous. Okay. I would have to say that the hedge clippers, the hedge clippers, because they never got used. Yeah, they're literally useless. Duggan hit people with his fucking board sometimes, right? right? He would do that. Yeah. Even the Matilda chased after Bobby Heenan, at least. Right. The kitchen sink, the, the baking sheet. I really don't like the baking sheet either. <laughs> the because baking sheet is bad. It's like, I know it sounds good and everything, yeah, it's but it's just nothing. It, that, it's like I could go hit you with a baking sheet right now and you just like continue on with your day. I almost want to do that, but we don't have time. Yeah. I almost feel like we'll doing that on the We'll make a YouTube video Fine. later or something. I don't Fine. know. I, I'm okay with putting that on too, but I, I also don't like the hedge clippers. I don't like the salt. <laughs> what do you think? I mean, salt is simple, but... Salt could make sense though. Like, But what I don't like is when they pretend that it's salt, but there's a big cloud of powder. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem. It's like, they're not the same thing. Salt and powder aren't the same. Okay. Okay, so I, I feel that the hedge clippers are especially, like, yep. they have to be, right? Like, because they're just useless. I agree with you. I think they're they're horrible because he never used them, and you wouldn't cut hair with them anyway. Right. To begin with. Mm-hmm. It's a stupid, useless prop. Yeah, that's fine. All right, so for number three, Brutus Beefcake's hedge clippers. Die, die, die. I, I actually got, an, you know, that Go just br- brought up something for All me. Right. I don't know why this came up in my head. Go ahead. Because two people used it. A sock. Now, sock. not just mankind, right? With the with Socko and everything. Yeah. But also Santino had the sock puppet Cobra. Cobra. But somehow, like, they implied that because there's a sock for both these wrestlers, mm-hmm. it somehow makes it more effective. When they could have just like hit them the same exact way, like Santino could have hit him with his with his finger or whatever, and Mankind could have just done the mandible claw, Wh- which he used to do. Right? Why is the sock like an like huge thing in wrestling? Like if you have a sock on your hand, it makes it better. It's um, just like the tape. Like it's, it's <laughs> bullshit. It always bothers me. Well, as far as the Mister Socko is concerned, right? I gotta give them all credit <laughs> because. Only in professional wrestling in 1998 and 9 could a big, fat, hairy guy pulling a sock out of his pants and putting it on his hand make the crowd lose their shit. Say hello to Mr. Socko! Mr. Socko knows you've been feeling mighty bad. Just leave. Mr. Socko! Please leave. Please. Damn it, leave. Get out! Mr. Socko. Right, so for its overness yes. sake, you're going to give the sock yes. a pass. But what about Santino? Because I feel like that it's was like comedy. when they when they made Santino like really comedy. Yeah, it's fine. He was comedy. Yeah, I get it. Mankind won the world title when he was doing the sock shit, which is crazy to think <laughs> yeah. about. But that was the whole point: is that this guy won the world title and he pulled a fucking sock out of his pants right, and all right. that stuff. Santino had one of the all-time best moments in the Royal Rumble in 2012 with the, with the crying cobra that the we crying love. crying cobra sock. We love it, too, yeah. right? So I get it. it re- it's really stupid, but it's a winking at the audience kind of stupid. Okay. But do you remember Hulk Hogan's war bonnet? 
Yeah. The fist helmet. Now, is that count as an accessory, like a prop? Do you want to count the ring as... Yeah, I guess it... I know, I guess it does. Or, or Jimmy Hart's motorcycle helmet in the Nasty Boys. Like, that was horrible. Yeah. Oh, I got it, Quinn. I got it. I got okay. it. Game over. Rocco the dummy. Book it. It's it's on. Is there even anything more to say? Fuck that. As Quinn always says, LOD with Paul Erling and the puppet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, that you can't. I don't. There's not much else to say. A fucking puppet. Why do they have a puppet? It just, it's just creepy. <laughs> like, like the whole. Before we wrap up here, because we know we have our number four. The whole point of LOD yeah. for their entire career that they're badasses. They're badasses. They're ass kickers. Their spikes were a great prop. You know what I mean? They rode motorcycles sometimes. They were these street toughs, right? They were like maybe gang members. They were dangerous. There was a like yeah. hint of wonder. They had this verbose manager. I am good. Yeah, fine. All of a sudden, they rediscover their Chicago roots and their old ventriloquist dummy. <laughs> what? That's where they came from. Those are their roots <laughs> in ventriloquism. What the fuck <laughs> is going on here? Why do they have a puppet? They just seem bizarre, like the British Bulldog would say. <laughs> so we're putting it on, right? Like, yeah. Quinn is at length. I don't even like I, I had throughout all these ideas. And then you just said fucking Rocco. And I was like, well, I. He's a puppet. Yeah, I can't top that. He's a puppet, and yeah. there was, it's so out of character, pointless, useless. Yep. It made no I sense. I mean, the war bonnet's just as bad. It but, is, but it's shorter term. Yeah, and it was just to market some bullshit anyway. Like, some Rocco, I, it's not even, there wasn't like you could buy a Rocco replica or anything, could you? No. Yeah. The whole point is that Paul Ellering shouldn't have been doing ventriloquism with the LOD. Well, more importantly, Paul Ellering <laughs> should have been around, but that's another story altogether. What's your impression of him? I am good. <laughs> For, for number four, <laughs> Rocco. Die, die, die. <laughs> yeah, get that out of here. Well, that's our Death Valley folks of wrestling props. We have the urn, the chloroform rag, hedge clippers, yep. and the puppet, <laughs> Rocco. <laughs> Rocco the puppet. That's our Death Valley. Feel free to agree or disagree. Let us know on Twitter. Email us. Uh, or, I almost said Tumblr. Yeah. Or simply... <laughs> Simply go on Facebook and let us know what you think. After we come back, we're going to be reviewing something. Back after this. Well, how does it feel to be home, boys? Well, home ain't looking too good right now, Paul. Home's a mess. I never would imagine a place that we live and grew up in would turn into a burnt-out, cockroach-infested slum. That's what I've been trying to tell you. What is this? And what is this? That's Rocco. Remember that guy we told you about? Holy fuck. Look at this. And this whole place of mess is hard. Remains you pick up something that are our past. Here's Mr. Rocco. Rocco. You never knew who he was. This is our wrestling buddy right here. Rocco. We were a little kids. When I didn't want to talk to my parents, or I couldn't find Hawk. I told this guy what was going on, and he set me straight and told me what was right and what was wrong. Yeah, oh, Rocco's the guy that taught you to be a team. He taught the animal and the hawk to be a team. He was your teacher in the school of hard knocks. I hated that puppet. I wanted to rip the head off that puppet so many times. Hey, it's Sean Mooney. I may no longer be in the event center, but if I was, I'd be talking about our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. All right, boys, let's get to it. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to Revenge Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Quinn, we are reviewing something. Yes, we are. Folks, this is a request from none other than Michael Quinn. Yes. <laughs> he wanted to do one of the one-hour versions of a show called WCW Saturday Night. Now, 
Before I delve into the history, slight history anyway, of WCW Saturday Night, Quinn, what is your fondness for WCW Saturday Night? Well, when I was a kid, when I was first getting into wrestling, I just couldn't get enough wrestling, right? Sure. And the fact that on Saturday night at 6.05 p.m. That's right. On TBS, the Mother Sip, the The, Superstation. Yeah, the Mother Sip. There was two hours of wrestling, like two hours. Yes. And, And this was during a time when like there was Nitro and Raw. Yep. And superstars. But WWF didn't have two-hour show. Yeah, WCW did, and this is like, holy shit. Like, yeah. This is a, and it was just like a lot of wrestling, too. Do you remember, like, oh, yeah. even in, like, the mid-90s when Nitro existed, this show was, like, jam-packed. It was. It was jam-packed. This would be, before Nitro, this was their flagship. Right. So, it kind of got grandfathered in, right? It, yeah. It retained its two-hour slot, which I thought was really weird. Always did. Yeah. Uh, and there would be occasional one-hour versions, and we chose a one-hour version right. for the sake of doing it. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm in the same boat as you, Quinn. When I started watching wrestling in 94, I quickly found out about WCW, because I think from the uh, the after mags, if you will, which, believe it or not, I read those as early as 94. Don't call them the after mags. <laughs> Sorry, Bill. Uh, you read them too, Quinn, or no? I did in in 95. As soon as I got into wrestling, I would see him at the grocery store. There you go. Exactly. Me too. So I heard about WCW from there. Randy Savage had just jumped over. Yeah. So I was like, oh, what is this show? And it it was exciting. I didn't know if it was good or bad. It was more wrestling. Believe it or not, I had heard of WCW before I got into wrestling because I remember it being big news that Hulk Hogan had jumped organizations. Yes. I didn't know anything about said organizations, right, but I right. knew that like something oh, happened with something Hulk Hogan. Happened with Hulk Hogan. I remember that too, actually, yeah. vaguely. Very, yeah. It was right before I got into wrestling. Yeah, in me June. too. It was like right before. Yeah. yeah, and I just remember something about Hulk Hogan changed something. You know, yeah. like I didn't know all the details, right? But it was a big deal. But yeah, Saturday Night Folks was uh was their flagship for a long time, and like Quinn said, it retained its two-hour time slot. It was actually on all the way until the year 2000, if I'm not mistaken. The crazy stuff about it, too, was the fact that it retained, unlike Superstars, its will to matter, I it's guess. It's prestige. I, a lot, yeah, longer, like, a lot yeah. longer than Superstars like, did. They actually like had it matter, and they yes. cared about it. Now, this is the show that had started as Georgia Championship Wrestling all the way back in 1971 with that two-hour right? time slot. It's the Black yeah, Saturday it thing. Became, like, it's, it's, it's a very long history. It became World Championship Wrestling, the show, in 1982. And then in 1990, in the early 1990s, uh, it was renamed WCW Saturday Night. And it was really an awesome show for a lot of its run. Is this actually longer than Raw is yes. now? All things considered, it was it was on for twenty nine years or twenty eight wow. years. So yeah. their whole big bragging. Yeah, well like think about that. Saturday night was way longer. It was a few years longer, yeah. yeah it was. Obviously not as important as Raw overall yeah. in the grand scheme of things. But folks, today we're doing something from a very late period, you know. Saturday night ended in August of 2000, actually, now that I think about it. And this is about a year before the show ended. This is WCW Saturday night from June 5th, mm-hmm. 1999. That's very unfortunate. And just to set the context like we always like to do, Vince Russo would be here in about four months. So this is before Vince Russo and Ed Ferrara. Yep. This is firmly by now. WWF had taken over for the past year-ish as the number one in the ratings again. But it's still old management at WCW. It's It's not Russo. Still under Eric Bischoff for Mm -hmm. the next few months. And what we've got going on in WWF, just to set the contrast, we're right in the middle of the ministry, corporation, higher power, of all that shit wrapping up. AK, not good. Not good from from cohesiveness. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jericho's yet to come in. Rock is a big deal. It's that era. But I also want to say, at the same time, I don't think the 
public perception was WCW is dying yet. No, but it was definitely had taken a big dive throughout 99. It had taken a dive, but there was no feeling that Oh, WWE is going to be out of business in two years. Correct. Like that. That, I that agree. was not like in anyone's no, mind. No, no. It, it was like it was just, just like, worse. Yeah, it was just like oh, I guess it's just a dip. <laughs> yeah, like, just, like in all wrestling, it gets good, it gets right. bad, whatever. It just wasn't as good as it had been for the past few years, right? Which but, was to be expected. You can't be great forever. No, you can't. All right, so Quinn, let's get to the review here. We start right off the bat with a quote from Michael Quinn. It's got the crap opening, right? And <laughs> what I say by this is like it doesn't have that opening anymore. Like the with technology in like a or factory the... or whatever, <laughs> and it's like, do, 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 yeah. do. like it's not like all intense. They don't have the set anymore right. with the with the retractable doors with right. the fog coming out of them, and, yeah. and they're like in the tiny studio that they were in forever. Yeah, I know. Like, why did they move this to arenas? It's awful. I'm sorry, Quinn. It always upset me. <laughs> okay. Like, damn it, WCW is in like this little tiny shit soundstage. Like, do not move it out of there. Saturday night, that's where it is. Not when they're competing with Vince, but we are hosted by Mike Tanay and Scott Hudson from an odd-looking set. Scott Hudson and the Hands of Stone, Mike Tanay. It's like the... It, it's very desk. You know what? It's very similar to that room that Gene was on that show, Confidential, you know, when he was yeah, in that room. Very it's like, similar. It looks very similar. The desk to that. and everything. Yeah, and the black drapes in the background. Yep. And you know what I noticed here? Tanay looks like he'd rather be anywhere else here right he looks very bored and very pissed off or it was like a busy week and he's like yeah. oh shit we gotta film this like yeah like and this is i believe the only time they're on camera the whole show i think we go back to the maybe one more time and that's it yeah <laughs> and this is very odd because saturday night had a like it was always like on a soundstage in a studio like the announcers were right there right. like it was never really too much like this mm-hmm. i mean sometimes they'd have dusty and them in front of a green screen yeah. of the soundstage often, which was no. odd but yeah now, you also, in contrast to Mike Tanay, you said Scott Hudson looks like, I want a career. Yeah, he's like really try hard over yeah, here. Yeah, he's like, ultra trying hard. Yeah. But that's not all that's going to go down in Baltimore. So apparently DDP and Bam Bam Bigelow are the new tag team champions. Who cares? What? I, I don't even remember that. <laughs> I don't either. Then they hype Nash, the world champion, versus Macho Man for the Great American Bash. This that's seems coming to up. be the big thing. Right, yes. they keep talking about this Nash and Macho, Nash, was Nash and Macho, yeah, Nash, Nash. And, uh, Mike Tanay calls Kevin Nash a man of action, which I think is a okay. little, a little bit of a stretch there. He's a booker. He's a man of laying around and making money. I'll He's give a him man that. of screwing over Goldberg. <laughs> Let's go to the ring here. We have Steve Armstrong. You have a, the the good one yeah. versus I'm being facetious. Buff Bagwell, just horrible on all counts here. Just horrible. And it's like the crappy set, like Quinn was talking about. It's not the good Saturday Night set. Not the technology. No. Uh, the ref is Mickey J, and the WCW refs, by the way, already by June of 99 are back to the stripes. <laughs> they had been in the, the blue a lot longer than the WWF refs. Like, right. WWF switched back to stripes in early 95. WCW held on until 99. So this is that's a little interesting point there. I always liked that they were in the blue because it was a contrast to WWF. It now was. it's like, oh, we're WWF Junior uh-huh. again. Now, in case you're wondering, folks, Buff is, in fact, the stuff. But I ask you, but where's Judy Bagwell? <laughs> That's important. Yeah, That's very important. We start with um, some posing by Bagwell. And Steve Armstrong, <laughs> by the way, has doofy tights on him with like guns on him. It's Steve Armstrong. I don't get the guns. Is he like, know. it's like Confederate sort of like he's yeah, got the gray. But they're like gray. Yeah, yeah like weird. the grays, the, the gray yeah, colors of the Confederacy. Right. And he's got like Civil War era like pistols on his tights. 
Wasn't that war like 150 years ago? Okay, this goes with a trend with WCW. You'll see later, like how the, the hell? Yeah, like but the, the Westneck Rednecks or whatever. The Westneck Redneck, the West, yeah, West, West Nyack Rednecks. The rest country. I don't remember what they were called. They're <laughs> fucking around. Like it's just like Hickey City. Like, you know, yes, not to be confused with a different type of city. We'll yeah, see later. That's later. But <laughs> you know what the great thing is, Quinn, about doing a show the day after a pay per view. No one's listening today, so we just <laughs> we don't have to try as hard. <laughs> yeah, ju- we we don't have to try as hard as uh, what's his head, Buff uh, Bagwell, St- Scott Hudson, <laughs> Scott Hudson. Yeah, yeah, trying very hard. So anyway, Buff with a back body drop and some more posing. It's part of his offense, apparently. Shoulder breaker by Steve Armstrong, and they take it to the outside of the Z. Announcers talk about anything but this match, <laughs> this which is, is a WCW trademark. You think about the mind games that Savage played with Kevin Nash, and they certainly played a part. It bothers me so much because this is what I remember a lot about WWE. Yes. Is they're always talking about like the NWO or like oh my God. some bullshit. Like this guy put duty on this guy last week or it's like, who gives a fuck? They, they did There's it on, a match happening right here. They would do it on Thunder. They would do it on Saturday night. They would do it on Nitro. It was so bad. And this is real. They would do it on a pay-per-view. Talking about the main event of the pay per view. They the during that, the main, that people already listen, bought. Seriously, during the main event of the pay per view, they'd be talking about Nitro the next night. Horrible. That. They're never focused on the task at hand. It's always like, "What's happening tomorrow?" Yep, and like, they'll take you right out of the yeah. right out of the experience when you have that. Yeah. Now WWF was guilty of it also, but, but not were, as bad. Okay, and this is what I think. It's a result mm-hmm. of this kind of like. The way Bischoff wanted to frame WCW is that it was always chaos so yeah. that people would stay tuned. They didn't. The problem is, is if you have the announcers announcing the chaos, yeah. they have to talk about all the fucking chaos. Yeah. So, like, where exactly. there's, they're never focusing on anything. I know. I totally agree with you. And it was a misstep to, to yeah. treat things that way. Chinlock by Steve Armstrong and some nice choking as we veer into an Armstrong family discussion, Quinn. We were talking about steve and you're like who's the good one and i was like that's brad no but road dog really he's is the, the most good. successful one but yeah. bob is probably the best one bob's the best wrestler but road dog's probably even more successful than even bob got like but if you money, think about it. recognition absolutely yeah but brad is actually like brad's a very talented out of all the brothers yeah brad was brad the was most awesome. talented steve was like the jobber yes steve like, sucks like, i'm sorry like, but he's what? not good buff wins with i don't know i'm gonna call it the buff blockbuster but it's some kind of neck breaker move it's crazy to think that um um, this Armstrong here was wrestling like while Road Dog was at his height. Yeah. Like just <laughs> shitting it up yeah. over in the other company. <laughs> it was on like the shitty Saturday night. He with was. The green set. <laughs> so that was, a, that was a match there. We get a Nitro bumper, a oh, confusing one, and their whole point, Quinn, you said, was make sure you fucking watch it. Yeah, that's basically it. It's like, it just, it, it was like very like 90s video game commercial where like yes. 7,000 things are happening. It's completely distracting. You see Ric Flair for a second, yeah. maybe Hulk Hogan for no reason. <laughs> You know, that type of shit. Just fast cuts. Molly Holly in the yeah. dress when she was, uh, what's her head? Miss Madness. Miss Madness, yeah. Uh, we get a K-Dog. That's Conan, my, my favorite. I, I don't mean that. Yeah. Promo. <laughs> he says, basically, it's a t-shirt commercial. He basically says, hey, fuck the NWO. Here's a new crappy RIP shirt. So this is the the era where they're trying to, like, distance themselves from the NWO. Yes, like, from the red and black. The fucking t-shirts say, like, RIP over the NWO logo. It's like, fuck the NWO. We hate the NWO. They're so shitty. Like, and we'll see later. Like, they're even trying to like ba- have bad wrestlers associated with the NWO. Now, Quinn, this is 1999, yeah. right? Almost 20 years ago. Yeah. And this fucking shirt, which is a shirt that says RIP NWO, essentially, right, was twenty dollars back then. <laughs> back then, 
Yeah. That's like 40 bucks now, now probably. I 35 gotta, maybe. On on the RIP NWO subject. stupid shirt, Just though. on the whole thing on the NWO. Would you wear that shirt? No. Okay. Well, because I wouldn't have a Conan shirt. As much <laughs> as I defended him. But he like, sucks. Yeah. Go ahead. Anyway. You know, they're they're seeing their ratings like dwindle yes, or whatever. They, they have over the past year. Right. Yep. And don't you feel like this is the worst time to like get rid of the one thing that sells the NWO? The, like no matter what you think of the NWO creatively, right? The NWO is still their best thing, like their best merchandise seller. So you're gonna release fucking shirts that say F the NWO? <laughs> Like, are you serious? Quinn, it's WCW we're talking about. Are they around anymore? Yeah, I'm just saying. It's like, in times like these, you need to, like, the NWO needs to be your crutch. But then people will complain that there's too much. And they couldn't win because it went on too long. Yeah. One way or another, they, they fucked it up. Yeah. All right. So this program brought to you by Valvoline. Always with the oil in the uh, 90s. Motor oil. It's it's like we're Conrad Thompsoning <laughs> it up over here. Chat me up about the RIP NWO. Matt Coon, the graphic designer must sound well he's related to wcw now now that he's going to be rick flair's uh son-in-law or whatever that son-in-law mean gene is in the <laughs> fake locker room to blab about some upcoming shows give me a break give me a break you said that you feel like he looks tired I, yeah okay so i went on to you about this how mean gene if you think about it right yeah he got like a good deal when he starts like this up and coming and growing mm-hmm. uh wrestling in promotion yeah 93 a uh, big hot uh heavy you know very yeah, expensive deal to get hot Gene. And heavy. They, it was, they it was a good, all this money. It was a big deal, yeah. He comes here, things are happening. Sure. Hulk Hogan's coming in, the Macho Man's coming in. Here we are, 1999, <laughs> five years later, <laughs> and this place is a dump. Like, it's a shithole. <laughs> Scott Hudson's there. And what the hell's still, going on? And he's, and he's back to promoting, like, bullshit. Oh, uh, like, you'll see. By the way, he's going over all these dates, right? Yeah. Like Chicago, Cleveland, Superdome, Superdome all this crap. By the way. Right? Yeah, like they're selling that out. <laughs> but you know what I know? It's all fucking Nitro. Like, yeah. do these people like have any live dates? And to be fair, later they do, but it's like the same. It's like Friday every week. Yeah. Like they, they, WWF was doing like 300 days of I know. a year. A, a year they're doing, yeah. what are they doing? Like 60? That's why people wanted to work there. A much, much I remember that schedule. Too. I get that. Guaranteed money. This schedule's fucking embarrassing. <laughs> like, they're not even like earning anything. They're not earning their money. Well, like I said, are they still around? No. That's why. So we see stills of Raven getting attacked by Bam Bam and DDP. <laughs> like at the beach or something. And you had a, <laughs> and you had a problem with and this these stills come up later each time. You had a problem with the presentation of okay. these stills. So, these stills, right? They're presented in such a way where it's like they're trying to do that like anamorphic like 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 16 by 9 but in the <laughs> 4 3. But but okay, so there's a way to do that correctly where it doesn't like alter it. But it's like they fucked up and it's like everything's like squished and stretched and like I literally Joe I shit you not I cannot see what they're showing me like I literally cannot tell what's happening like people's faces are like thin straight lines like stretched across diagonal like I'm like what are they what is this like why can't it be full fucking screen seriously do something about this WCW. Do something about it. 
horrible music under this by the yeah, way it's, it's just like, like doom, 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 and by the way this plays all during like mean gene shit <laughs> like anytime they go outside the arena it's just like over and over and over again it's like what is this wcw saturday night or the fucking like club like you can't see it right now, but Quinn has ripped his shirt off in his fury here. <laughs> we recap. They're doing everything wrong, and they're ruining a show I like. Like, stop it. We recap DDP and Bam Bam winning the titles. Who cares? <laughs> and then we have our next match here: Viano Five. Not four, okay? <laughs> and Silver King. That's, yes. that's the mega powers of Mexican luchadors from the Cruiserweight Battle Royal in '98. I was like, these guys might win because they're facing folks. The highbrow team, the <laughs> NWO's own, yes, Stevie Ray and Horace Hogan. I'm Horace Hogan with Vincent. With Vincent, it was Virgil. Virgil. Now, if you don't know anything about Horace Hogan, he's Hulk Hogan's nephew, and he sucks. And he's Horace Hogan. And he's Horace Hogan. I'm Horace Hogan. And Vincent is Virgil, and Stevie Ray is the bad member of Harlem Heat. Now, did that cover everything? Let's. You know how I was saying how the NWO, they're like, "Fuck the NWO, we don't like the NWO." Yeah, except these guys. The leader of the NWO is a member of this tag team, first of all. So that should say something. And guess what? It's not Horace Hogan. You you know, if you're going to have the NWO go on, right? Wouldn't you think they'd keep it in the family? Yes. And have Horace Hogan (laughs) be the leader? No, no, no. Let's make Stevie Ray, who no one ever gave a fuck about. Like, they cared about Booker T, not Stevie Ray. Stevie Ray was a big, fat loser. He sucked. But no, and not that Horace Hogan's good. Honestly, the only guy that really has any kind of pull here is mm-hmm. Virgil. Virgil, he's an original member. Yeah, he's he an, original an original member. And also, he was in the WWF. You're right. He got pushed. He won the million dollar belt. He's a former million dollar champion. You're not a lot of people right. can say that. Only him and Steve Austin. Yeah. And Ted DiBiase. Right. This is gleefully hilarious, though, and I need to say, if WrestleMania 2 is what the world has come to, then WCW Saturday Night is what the NWO has come to. Yeah, seriously, and this this team is what the NWO has seriously. come to. Seriously. Like, so Stevie Ray kills Silver King while tonight talks about how Kurt Hennig is anti-rap. What does that have to do with the match? It doesn't. Can That's we whole- fucking talk about the fucking match? I'm serious. Like, this is out of hand. Horace Hogan tags in. He is Horace Hogan. I'm Horace Hogan! And you told me at this point, Quinn, that you felt like these other guys have a chance against Horace and Stevie. Right, because they suck. <laughs> like, they're the... This is the worst. This is like the bottom of the barrel it NWO. Is. So Silver King and uh, Viano here take control. Silver King botches a drop kick into <laughs> Horace. Now, can it, you explain this spot? So, he comes flying at him, and he does one of those, like drop kicks where it's almost like he's like sitting yeah like it's like he jumps and then falls on his ass flat on his, on ass. his back he fell on his ass but okay so he's so he's supposed to like hit him with his feet at the end of it right yeah he doesn't but he's a full like three inches short right and he just kind of like throws him up mm-hmm. and he just falls on his back <laughs> he just fucking falls and the best part is was this to Stevie Ray or it was, was it to Horace? Horace Horace sells the shit out of yeah, it he does. I, I got brought Bravo to Horace. Thank you, Horace. He sells it like he got, like, nailed. I'm Horace Hogan! Pee Wee Anderson is a ref, by the way. Stevie Ray just continues to kill both these guys. Horace with a follow slam. Stevie Ray tags back in with a very shitty and dangerous version of the pedigree yeah, for the it, win. He, like, lifts him into the air. He Yeah. And, he, like, almost, like, spikes him. He does what Triple H accidentally did to Marty Garner. Yeah. That infamous clip of Triple H doing a, a pedigree. Oh, to the Mar- one where he, like, almost kills yeah, somebody. But it's like Stevie Ray did this on purpose because Stevie Ray sucks and that's a stupid finisher. 
Was that the slapjack? What, what is that called? Maybe it actually was, yeah. but okay. it, it didn't look good. Gene, backstage in the fake locker room, says things are really starting to heat up. Nothing is heating up around here. <laughs> in fact, it's cooling down. They should have glacier, like, have the snow go... It's horrible. So Gene brings in Kurt Hannigan, Bobby Duncan Jr. Who cares? Duncan looks horrible, but I forgot about him. Like I remember the this is when then Kurt, Bobby Duncan, Barry Windham, and I think Kendall Windham were doing the West Texas Rednecks. He's like a hick redneck version of Doctor D. Like he looks exactly like. Well, Doctor D was a hick redneck in his own right, right? But but he didn't really hype up the hick redneck version of that. He sounded like how Brit. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. I think he had less teeth than this guy too. (laughs) Even Bobby Duncan. Did you know that they don't like rap though? This was so stupid. Like it was because fun. The song was, it was fun. Funny for a minute, but if you recall, yeah. they like stretched it for a whole summer into the fall. Yes, to the they point did. where they were still coming out, and they look like big jobbers, and they look like out of step with everything. Just singing this. My favorite part of it though is that they were faces because the WCW fans down in Atlanta didn't like the guys That's that were good. the rap. I know. They, it's I mean, funny. they played to it, but they at the same it, time, they did. Up. They played it too long. I know they did. Gene asked Kurt Hennig if, he, if he's ever heard of Ice Tea, and Kurt says, "Sweet or unsweetened." That's funny. Yeah, you heard of Ice Tea? Sweet or unsweet? Oh, come on. Wait a minute. Are you guys living under a rock? There's that same junky music, by the way, under this whole... Also at the American Bash, Great American Bash, we have Ric Flair versus Roddy Piper in a return match for control of WCW. This was still happening? Who had control? Who wants to see Ric Flair and Roddy Piper in 99? It, and it, people blame Vince Russo for making it worse. He wasn't even here yet. It's already worse. It's already bad. This is not. <laughs> what the hell? He didn't. He didn't really get anything good. <laughs> he didn't have to work with anything good. More Gene and more techno music as he talks about how this past week Goldberg had knee surgery. And if you want to find out how it went, call the hotline to find out. One nine hundred nine zero nine ninety nine hundred. The number still used. It's one sixty nine a minute, Quinn. One sixty nine up. I feel <laughs> we see stills here of Rick Steiner getting into it with Tank Abbott. It's literally the same thing with Ken Shamrock, like almost exactly where he's sitting in the crowd and somebody picks a fight and yep. pushes him. Yep. And blah blah blah. Yep. It was like it looked exactly the same. The only difference was it was squashed in like anamorphic bullshit and i couldn't really tell what was uh-huh. happening because of that crap absolutely so of course what happened is after rick and uh, tank have a little scuffle at ringside tank abbott announces he's going to be the special ref for a tv title match where rick steiner is defending against sting in a steel cage okay again remember when ken shamrock first came he was a ref <gasps> in a match mm, yes but this yeah. is different quinn yeah because tank abbott turns on sting well in that match ken shamrock got physical with bret hart who was the face oh you're right. Hmm. Maybe it's not so different. You know, and people blame Vince Russo again for WCW getting bad. Tank Abbott was there before Vince Russo actually, ever showed it's face. It's surprising that they picked up Tank Abbott before Russo. I always thought that was a Russo thing. So did I. Next up, we have La Parca, Quinn's favorite. He's great. I, I was. This got me really happy because I love La Parca. Yep. The only problem is... It's against Rick Steiner. For the TV title, yes. And Tanae blathers the fuck on about upcoming Nitros. Talk about the match. This is a title match it on is. Saturday. When the fuck does that even happen anymore? I don't know. 
I think Rick's a heel, right? Yeah, Rick's definitely he's a heel, but big, big heel. Doesn't he? Isn't the rule like if he doesn't have the headgear, he's a heel? Because he doesn't yes. have the headgear here. Here, yeah. He well, he's got sunglasses that makes him a heel. He's yeah, got his it, goatee looks really especially stupid. Yeah, because it's got gray in it or something. Yeah, he looks really dumb. Apparently, they were talking about how he just reunited with Scott Steiner recently. So I guess yeah. he turned heel big to reunite. Papa dump. Yeah, big Papa dump. Uh, this is Big Brother dump. So Laparco attacks before the bell, which was kind of awesome. I love Laparco. I know you do. Laparco is one of the most unsung people he's awesome. in WCW. Like he really is good. He, he is tries. Good. He, he um, does. He's uninspired like, here, but he's uninspired here because this is just a horrible. Like Rick Steiner dominates. Like Laparco could barely get any offenses, yeah. and when he did, it was like nothing. This is a really bad match. Like I mean it. It's actually really bad because Rick is just kicking him like leisurely while taking his coat off. Yeah. Then he gingerly tosses him to the outside, and and I feel it's disrespectful to Laparca because in years previous, like Laparca was actually like he wasn't a jobber. No, he like wasn't. he was like an actual like competitor in sure. the cruiserweight division who like put offense up and was good rick's crappy red singlet by the way quinn says bite me on it it was so annoying <laughs> he's just it, very annoying I, I want this match to bite me I it's know. horrible it was uninspired brawling on the outside and then a reverse chin lock inside by rick and nick patrick by the way and his out of control <laughs> mullet it makes his head look bigger they're both the referee here yeah. so rick is just crawling around the ring doing like almost nothing i swear i'm not making it up he's moving in slow motion it's horrible and then laparka gets to dance for about two seconds. Yeah, and I get happy. I'm like, oh, look, it's Laparca and fun and stuff. And then Rick just like, oh, no, no more. Fun. We can't have fun no, here. No, we got to kill him with a lariat. Then a body slam. As the announcers, I don't even want to know. Talk <laughs> about a sting monster truck that was being driven by Lex Luger. <laughs> What? <laughs> was Lex Luger even wrestling in 1999 at this point? Had he come back with the I'm a workout assistant or whatever? <laughs> with Miss Elizabeth? Yeah. I own a gym with Miss Elizabeth I think or whatever. That was around it was. that era, yeah. yeah. And uh, Steiner wins with a shitty step over armbar. Well, he applied zero pressure. He makes Laparca look like a big pussy. It's yeah. bullshit. So we have an odd Great American Bash promo, which, by the way, is now sponsored by Casserole GTX. Of so course. We've got two oil companies yeah. on this one. You had a good point, Quinn, about this promo. You said if you're trying to hype something, don't use Rick Steiner. Yeah, so it shows like all these like 90s people, and they're like, <laughs> I like the summer, and the summer's I'm good. I'm American. Yeah, I like America, blah, blah, blah. And then Rick Steiner at the very end, I'm American. And then it's like, get this show. <laughs> it's like, no, shouldn't it be like Hulk Hogan? Or Rick Flair or yeah Hulk Hogan would make sense yeah anyone but Rick Steiner he's a heel anybody anybody that is worth anything Rick Steiner is minor <laughs> league he's the guy with the fucking hat on his ears or whatever like who gives a shit about Rick Steiner he is not something to hype your pay-per-view about I would say he's really in the Steiner league listen if I saw this commercial nobody and I knew nothing about wrestling I would not know this was for wrestling because I'd be like, who is that? Right. So what the hell? The guy barking? Yeah. You yeah. don't know what it is. It could be anything. It could be it, anything. It could be anything. Maybe that's the whole It could be psychology. a movie about a man that turns into a dog in the summer. Wasn't that the Tim Allen in that? Yeah, maybe. Was the it shaggy about, dog. Was it about Americans who turn into dogs? It might be. So anyway, folks, our next match here is what the announcers call two of the toughest men and... The first one is Fit Finley. He's I'll legit agree. tough. Man. I agree. So I was thinking, all right, Regal? Yeah. That'd be awesome, <laughs> that'd right? That'd be really good. But anyway, it is the returning... Oh, my God. Brian Nobbs. We'll never... We can't escape this man. And he acts like he's so good, by the way. Okay, by the way, he's not like hardcore Nobbs yet. He's still like P. 
pity he's city. He's still regular like, Matt Nasty like, Boys. I knobs. hate you, knobs. Like, yes, I hate you, knobs. That's exactly. me. I hate. Yeah, him. I know. Like, and I hate him yeah. too. Finley attacks him during his entrance because it's fucking knobs, and that's and what thank, you should do. And thank God, Finley's like, awesome. Yeah, like Finley needed to do this. And this is the blonde, spiky hair version, like the the '98 version of Finley, just carrying over. Not the one that looks like he's 46 when he's 26. <laughs> yeah, the one that looks like he ate a box of nickels. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> greasy ass hair. The one that looks like he's a 1905 buffalo nickel or whatever. <laughs> so Nobbs does the guardrail drop, you know, a la Crush to Randy Savage. Then a big clothesline on the outside back end, and we have Pity City. But Finley with the foot up on a corner charge and a flying clothesline. I'm glad he countered Pity City. <laughs> yeah, me too. Because I don't ever want to see Pity City. And as uh, Tanae calls this a shit-down splash. <laughs> <laughs> shit-down splash! Nobbs is back at, with a body slam and a crappy elbow and leg drop. You know what? Pity City. More like shitty city. <laughs> Today now mentions hardcore hack. Why? But that's Why? the Sandman. Yeah, it is the Sandman. Ugh. I forgot that that was even happening at this point. And then mentions that Nobbs was hardcore before hardcore was hardcore. Okay, what is he talking about, and Joe? who cares anyway? Like, really, who cares? Nobbs was not fucking hardcore. It's because of that, like, one match they had in 94 against Cactus and fucking Man Mountain yeah, Rock. well, you know who's hardcore? Cactus. Not Terry Man- Funk. Yeah. <laughs> right? These people are hardcore. Sabu. This guy wears colorful coats and has a logo made by a company and, like, he's garbage. And they just brawl And he sloppily. lives in a fucking mansion in Florida and licks Hulk Hogan's butt. Like, he... <laughs> fuck him. Slugfest, and they toss Mickey J out of the ring together, which was kind of cool. Yeah. They did win us over with the ending here, because they both throw Mickey J out of yeah. the ring, and then Nobs with the wussiest chair shot. <laughs> like, oh, so hardcore. The most hardcore. So apparently it's a double DQ, obviously, as they brawl to the back. It's a nice back-and-forth brawl that goes on and for then, a minute or two. You know what? I will say this. This is fine for yep, Saturday night. It's fine. If it was on Nitro, I'd be like, what? But, yeah. like... And I can also say, at least Finley didn't have to job to Nobs. Yeah, I don't think anybody should ever have to job to Nobs. I know, because Nobs sucks. Backstage with Mean Gene and the hooker music, you know, doom, 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 doom. He plugs the upcoming Great American Bash again and then brings in the cat Ernest Miller with Sonny Ono in a Hawaiian shirt. This was funny. It was. Because anytime Sonny Ono is there. With his affirmative action gimmick here. Yeah, I love him. <laughs> I love him. I think he's really good. He asks why it can't be the Great Japanese Bash and Gene's like, hey, are you ribbing me? Yeah, what's Gene using like backstage terms, breaking kayfabe? I don't here? know. And people say Russo introduced that yeah. to WCW. It was Mean Gene all along. It was Mean Gene all along. Cat and uh, Gene verbally spar for a few minutes as Gene's pretending it's 1986. This is fun. It's fun, this right? This is like the Ted R. CD promo right. or something. When he like, would bring in those guys like, oh, Ted RCD, Boston, Massachusetts, come on in here, yeah. you know, and he'd dick around for 30 seconds. By the way, a little credit to the cat. I know a lot of people don't like him, but I thought he was great on the mic. He was like, good on the mic. I, yeah, yeah, I thought he was really good. He was good. Nash versus the Macho Man, don't forget it's happening. For the oh, world title. Oh, right, right. And the graphic is very funny because Nash's <laughs> belt is like very poorly superimposed. <laughs> it's like his arm is bent under the belt. <laughs> it's like, very it's bad. It's as if he's wearing like his belt is the coat. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like a coat you wear. You know how when you wear the coat, but you don't put your hands in the sleeves? Yes. It's like that. When you're wearing it like as a cape or something. Yeah, or you're a lady. <laughs> Like one of those things. Kevin Kelly. Yeah. So Gene That's how pl- Kevin wears his coats. <laughs> so Gene plugs their upcoming Buffalo show this Friday, which I wonder if maybe what 400 people went to. Who goes to WCW house shows <laughs> right. in Buffalo? They're too north. Oh, that's Joe. Canada, they're, practically. They're way too north for WCW. For WCW. Like, especially in this period when nobody gives a shit. Yeah. Like they need to stick to the South. Just stick at home. You'll I be know. safe. You'll sell out the Georgia Dome or whatever the hell. Yep. And it'll be fine. We get some stills here, and I have to tell 
tell you, and then I really don't know what was going on. We get stills of a bogus lady, Kevin Nash. Don't ask me what was going on because Randy Savage apparently beat I up. I want to watch this Nitro fe- because I'm like, what happened here? Because I don't remember Nash. this. And apparently President Ric Flair had banned the elbow drop, but Savage didn't care. And Quinn, you in the middle of this were just like, why are there septic tanks? What's going on? I can't see anything. <laughs> okay. So they did do one thing here. They accomplished. I kid you not. After this is over and I didn't tell you this. I'm like, mm-hmm. I might watch this Nitro. Yeah. Because of the horrible. You're on like, your own, buddy. Squished screen. <laughs> this looked so weird and so bizarre. And what they were describing seemed so unbelievable. Like, right. I was like, this didn't really happen, did it? No. Well, and I can't <laughs> tell if it really happened because the stills are so stretched right. out. It is. It's I sad. don't honestly know what i'm looking at i don't either seriously it's like you know when a child is born and they probably like see like blobs and they can't see like normal they just see blobs of colors yes like that's what (laughs) this fucking looks like like at one point i'm seeing like a lady I think I'm seeing a lady with Nash's hair with a, Medusa, red, right? a red sequins dress, but I her think. hair is Nash's color. Yeah. Like it's that blondish blonde. orange. I think it was Medusa. But was it though? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But they said it. So they did say, right? I'm not imagining yes. this. They said like, like a lady Nash. Bogus lady Kevin Nash or something. Yes. <laughs> I don't know, Quinn. What? And people say Vince Russo made WCW weird. I'm seriously, Joe, considering watching Let this Nitro. I might have to bring it up next week. Go ahead. Because I really don't understand what happened here. I am not involved here, but it's time for our main event. Psychosis with a mask and a heel yeah. versus Billy Kidman or just Kidman, I guess. But first, this program is brought to you by Milky Way. Quinn, what do you think of Milky Way? Chat me up. Um, okay, I'm indifferent. I like Twix better, but five out of ten. Yeah. Do you like then, Snickers? Oh, I actually not big Snickers fan. I'll eat a Snickers when it's available. Milky Way more. Somebody says, "Hey, you want this Snickers?" Yeah, sure, I'll eat this Snickers. But does it happen once a year? Every now even. and then. Yeah. You know, I really like the Snickers ice cream better than Excellent. the regular Snickers. Me too. It's yeah. better as an it's ice cream It's kind of the same thing just with ice cream. It's Snickers with ice cream in it. It's so but, good, though. So, to be fair to Snickers, it's not the taste of Snickers that's the problem. It's just like, I think it's better cold. Okay. Well, you I, heard it here first. Yeah. So, this is the clean version of Kidman, by the way, Quinn? Yeah, not Sick Boy. <laughs> He's not Sick Boy. Okay, this is mass confusion. Sick Boy, oh, Kidman, yeah. they're in the same faction, they're not the but same. they look exactly the they're same, the and same, one's Quinn. sick, and one's healthy, but not really Kidman healthy because he's itching and he, he needs the calamine lotion. <laughs> Decent exchange to start, ending with a flying head scissors by Kidman. Scott Hudson is talking about Chris Voldemort for some reason. Yeah, talk about the fucking match! There's a match! It's the main event! Yeah, it is! And it's not even a bad match! It's good. Psychosis is the heel, like I mentioned, and he takes over with a lot of stomping his heel offense. Today mentions that at that Buffalo show will be none other than Stuart. <laughs> hey, Tiger, I'm in Buffalo. I guess wherever Brett... You know, I gotta get my dad in on the show. You know what I bet Stu said afterwards? What? It's wonderful. He might have he might said it's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's WCW. I don't like WCW, <laughs> Tiger. So, uh, Quinn mentions that Psychosis has the flat hair, like in that episode of Seinfeld where the shower pressure doesn't yeah, work Cr- well. Yeah, you know how Kramer and Jerry, their shower pressure, yeah. it's all fucked up. Yeah. Literally, Psychosis' hair is like exactly the same. Yeah. It's like a flat. He must have had like a bad hotel that night or something. <laughs> Okay, maybe. Yeah. Outside, he kicks Kidman's ass, and you said to me, it's perfectly acceptable, and you wish Mike Tanay would talk about it for more than five seconds. It's a good match! It is. And Mike Tanay's supposed to be the expert on cruiserweights. <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't even, give, even give a flying fuck <laughs> no. that 
this is happening. Not at all. Like a year ago today would have been like super duper flip plex <laughs> from the left side of the corner of the ring. You know, that Tony. was done. That was done in Japan by a Masahiro Chono Ono in 1972, and it got a five star from Dave Meltzer. Like he would have told us all this. Here he's just like NWO <laughs> Nash Septic Pre- Tank President like, Ric Flair President <laughs> Ric Flair Roddy Piper. Fuck you. Like he where what happened to Mike Tanay? He's gone. He's just fucking Tony now. And or he's he's it could be even worse. He's fucking Zabisco. Like oh, stop. Talk about the fucking match. Enough. Enough. Kidman with the sunset flip for two, but he falls to a back elbow headlock by Psychosis. Kidman powers out and hits a clothesline. Psychosis with a vertical suplex to regain control. Kidman with a sit-out powerbomb for two, but Psychosis with a sidewalk slam. Kidman reverses a belly-to-back and hits a bulldog. Psychosis with an elbow, then a top rope spinning heel kick for two. Kidman then finally reverses a victory roll for the win. Very good match. That felt like, felt like a good match. It felt like a good Kidman match. Very yeah. good. Very good, though. I would say if we were rating it, I don't know, two and a half, two and three quarter stars. By the way, I like here, um, what's his name? Tony Chimmel. What's the guy? <laughs> what's the guy? Tony, not, I don't have a career. What's his head? <laughs> Scott <laughs> Hudson. Scott Hudson says, you know what? Like the way, yeah. the way his inflection is, he's like, you know what? That last part was so good. It deserves the 10, 10, 3, 2, 1 replay. Like, I like, I like he's that he calls. I like that he's just like, you know what, uh, producer? That deserves it. Give give that the replay. Like he gets that responsibility yeah, that's yeah. bestowed upon him. Yeah. Like today, you call the fucking moves. Which Scott he Hudson, don't. which, which he, he doesn't, doesn't anyway. Yeah. Today, you bring up the NWO and Ric Flair. Let Scott pick the ten ten three two one. That replay. was his job. The yeah. whole he was watching and he was like, "That's that's it right there." <laughs> Let's make this our ten ten three two one replay of the week. And that is it. That's the end of the show. <laughs> Quinn, that wasn't. It wasn't bad. The worst. It wasn't. It didn't add anything. Listen, it just wasn't... It was a recap show, essentially. It's a it, hype show. What it was, was, first of all, it was a good snapshot of 1999 well, WCW. Yeah, I, I, good, I don't know, but... I mean, it was a... It was good <laughs> yeah, as it was, it was a snapshot. It was a snapshot. Right. However, um, what I don't like about it is... It kind of shits on the glory of Saturday night that I remember. That's fair. Like, the Saturday night of 1995, 96, even 97, where mm-hmm. it was like... This is a show where things happen that matter, yeah. not like horrible, terrible matches. I will say this too: mm-hmm. they at the beginning they described two matches, and this you know came out to what forty minutes or something, yeah, um, without the commercials. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, it's only going to be those two matches, right? I was pleasantly surprised that there was like six. They sure did a lot of stuff, yeah. There's a, a lot of shit on this, and they fit in all their video packages and pipe. You know, um, Miss Madness with poop on her face and <laughs> stretched out and I'll all that, say that shit. You I, know, yeah. I'll give WCW this. Yeah, by '99, certainly they definitely knew how to do a tightly produced show, right? But what they were presenting to us left a lot to be desired. And I hope that the people who produced this actually got a job in WWF because they did a good job. Yeah, like well actually, done. like produce like this For was a, a complete show? package. Yes. Like, no issue replays yep, uh, it was yeah, well done they presented their stars yep. everything's fine in that respect it's just everything fucking sucks yeah the experience from the beginning to end made sense as far as what right. a one hour show should be right it was just that what the content was left a bit to be desired right. it was a good sandwich but it was with bologna right you know but it was a well put together sandwich right. and folks that's the weirdest analogy so on that note <laughs> we want to thank you for joining us for yet another episode of our Vantage Point the Retro Wrestling Podcast be sure to check in 
next week for our first episode of February. Number yep. 68 it will be as we tick away at the remainder of Season 7. And until next time, be sure to follow us on Twitter. If you haven't yet, you can email us at ovppodcast.gmail.com. And of course, join the Facebook group. It's free. There's no pressure. It's a fun time. Donate on Patreon if you'd like at patreon.com slash Podcast. And be sure to leave us a review on iTunes and send in your suggestions to the suggestion box at ovppodcast.com. Until next time, I am Joe Murata. This is Michael Quinn saying so long. See ya. I'm an American. I'm an American. This is America. I believe red, white, and blue. We're Americans. I'm proud to be an American. I'm an American. I'm a great American. Castrol GTX presents WCW Great American Bash. Sunday, June 13th, live and only on pay-per-view. I'm Horace Hogan.